0: When do we lose the phone?
1: I mean, you know, uh, I, I think it's a, akin to the metaverse adoption or the, the <laughs> VR adoption curve, right. to be honest with you. You know, it, it, it's crazy, right? Like, you start thinking about adoption curves, you think about, like, when I was a kid, right, and, and I'm a little bit older than you, like, you know, people are like, I'm never gonna carry a computer around right. with me. This is crazy. Like, why, why would I have a computer on my back? Why do I need a computer? Five I don't years need later. One. I don't need one in my house. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the library, right? And then start shifting. And then people start getting more connected to it. And mm-hmm. like, it becomes more accessible. <laughs>
0: Let's cooking everybody if you are on youtube right now please hit that subscribe button hit that like button on the video and as always if you have a second would love to see you drop a comment as well to everyone who has been leaving comments on these videos thank you it is a huge huge help love seeing that let's keep that rolling to everyone who is listening on apple or spotify right now Thank you for checking out the show there. If you haven't already, please be sure to hit a follow button on either one of those platforms. And I look forward to seeing you guys again for future episodes. And as a reminder, there are five-star reviews now available on Spotify. So if you could leave one there, that'd be a huge, huge help. It is right below the, the logo on the homepage of the podcast. You can't miss it. Now... I am joined in the bunker today by Mr. Lucky Gobindrom. Lucky is the general manager of Semtrex, which is a publicly traded AR VR company under the ticker symbol CETX. His previous company, OAB, was sold to Semtrex, and he assumed a high up role there. And essentially, these guys are building in the AR VR space into what we know now as the metaverse, since Facebook came out with changing their name to meta and getting us all used to this term lucky said he doesn't like that term by the way but in this episode this was this was a very fast-paced heavy on detail conversation i really liked how this went it was about i think we talked for like two hours and 25 minutes and frankly like he had to go but i don't think i could have taken a pass there because there was a lot that we unpacked in here like we covered a fuck ton of real estate so very good conversation really really enjoyed it and I hope you guys will as well. That said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory, and this is Trendfire. Let's go. This is one of the great questions in our culture. Where's the nuances? You're giving opinions and calling them facts. You feel me? Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, we'll start asking questions. Lucky, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. And you brought a straggler today with you. What the hell? Mr. Chuck, you, you going to be quiet back there? Okay. All right. We don't have a mic for Chuck right now. No, no mic for Chuck. No mic for Chuck. But next time, next yeah, time, man. if I bring you in, we'll do the three mic thing and we could talk about how you guys built the whole metaverse. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Pull that mic in just a little bit, if you don't mind. You see how close I am with it? Just so the people can hear your... Your booming voice back there. How about that? Is that better? That's phenomenal. Awesome. Truly. See, you can hear that in your ears now? <laughs> yeah. Great thing, right? Are you, You're you out in New York too, right? I am. I'm based in Long
1: Island. Our offices are in Brooklyn. Excellent. Where in Long Island? Huntington, right on the water, man. Nice. How long you been there? We bought that house this year. I've been there for maybe, I don't know, I moved in December once, and it's not even like uh,
0: Brand 45,
1: branch banking. We bought a house on the beach in Huntington. Oh, you got the beach house. Yeah, we have an indoor pool. We have the whole night. You got an
0: indoor pool? Dude, what kind of house is this? It's like 15,000 square feet? Uh, It's big. It's it's, it's big. (laughs) (laughs) And how far from the office is it?
1: Uh, It takes me like 50 minutes to get to the office in Brooklyn. That's actually not horrible. Not bad. Pull out of one garage, pull into another garage, walk in. It's it's pretty
0: nice. And where are you guys in Brooklyn? We're in Greenpoint, right on McGinnis and Greenpoint Ave. Nice, nice. But like how much... Do you guys still have everyone going into the office no. or is it really? No,
1: no, I work remote most of the time and, and most of the people on, on my teams are remote. Um, there are some teams that are. So, the organization I work for is seven companies and, and growing, right? And we're publicly traded. I mean, the thesis is we build technology, it changes where we live, work, and play. Mm-hmm. Some, of the, some of the divisions focus on hardware and things of that nature, or um, they have manufacturing where they actually have warehousing and distribution and whatnot. So those types of operations need to have in-person facets. So they've continued to operate through the pandemic in person, to be honest with you. So it's kind
0: of like a split then, in a way.
1: Yeah, it is a split throughout the organization about people in in office or or remote. I mean, you know, we don't mandate people to go to the office. I mean, there's some roles where you need it because you don't have the tools at your house. But, you know, I mean, the office is open. If Chaz wanted to go there, Chaz could go there, right? Oh, no, you're
0: not showing up, Chaz? You're not going into Brooklyn too much? <laughs> He's never even been there. It's like, it's, it's like a flight from New Jersey to Brooklyn. <laughs> Took me three hours to get there. Oh, here, my Julie. God, bro. I'm, well, I mean, this is down there a little bit. But still, like, even from North Jersey... Like where I used to live, when some of my business partners moved to Brooklyn from Jersey City, yeah, I was like, there. "Goodbye forever! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> never gonna see you again." I was coming down here. I
1: was like, "Man, I should just go past this guy's house and go to AC and play some blackjack." Well, that's like another, it's another sixty minutes east, <laughs> but yeah,
0: you blackjack guy. I do like playing. Huge blackjack guy. I like it.
1: Yes, I enjoy it. Are you a card counter? I'm not a card counter. You feel like a card counter. But, you know, I do like playing when we have all our friends on the table. And, you know, the odds are in your favor if you play blackjack right. right? You just need the right people at the table who know how to play.
0: Do you think that blackjack is like, if you're not counting cards, there's a significant amount of luck in it? Mm, So there's multiple
1: variables. Luck is there, obviously um but it's definitely about the rest of people on the table right you're playing heads up your odds go down but if you have five people at a table and you know you're, you're playing correctly you can you can make the dealer lose if you're following the rules right it's just a matter of like how you play the game
0: yeah i never really got into it i was i was a poker player and my logic when i was growing up getting really into poker was that it was the one game where the house didn't give a shit they took their rake and that was it yeah you know, it was it's you about the, the you playing
1: the, yeah the other man yeah are you
0: a poker guy too i or? play
1: it i mean well that's a more of a luck game right you're betting on like the cards coming on the fucking come winter. on get no. out of here nah. i mean you can obviously fold but like if you're playing and you're playing it's, it's a lot of bluffing and bullshit it's like you know it's uh it's definitely um there's a lot of significant factor of luck in there I mean, there's obviously like, you know, you, you know, when you have a shit hand, don't, don't keep upping the ante. Right. But right. Like, I mean, that's like life, right?
0: Uh, sometimes you're gonna, you're not gonna fold and you're gonna, you're gonna keep riding the game. Right. It's a beautiful game though, because, and I probably disagree a little bit with some of the luck point there that you're talking about, because you're, you're playing, you're understanding people. You know the whole like oh what's their tell? People don't have like a simple tell like Teddy KGB and rounders and not fucking cracking an Oreo. It's not like that. But you know you can you can really learn about a lot about somebody how they play hands and just sitting with them because sure. you know we used to play we used to play sixteen twenty hour rounds playing at, at a table and by the end of that you can tell if you're paying attention you know those guys pretty well and you probably made a lot of money. <laughs> it's fun times, but I I liked it too much though. Oh yeah, I was like, yeah. if I was gonna go, should have gone pro. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, if I, I was like twenty years old. I've been playing for like six, seven years, and I, I loved going to games. But I was like, do I want to be a pro at this? You still have a chance, man. They're about nah. to bring casinos to the metaverse. You'll be able to sit here. Oh and, my god! And literally
1: like, be playing, playing in virtual reality. You know, all over the world.
0: Well, fuck it. Let's go right to it. What's what what's <laughs> what's, what's 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 the deal here? So, you. You sold a company how long ago? Uh, it must be four years ago, five years ago now. Okay. And what did you guys do there? We were a creative technology lab. So strategy,
1: design, development, deployment of web, mobile applications. That's where we cut our teeth. Oh, you were building apps. We are building apps. You know, iPhone 2, App Store 1. And, you know, from there, it sort of um, snowballed, right? And it went from building applications to building full stack, building cloud infrastructures. Mm. Then it started getting more into, like, more commoditized things like WordPress. And, you know, then we got more specialized, we started to enterprise deployments and migrations on that side. And then, like, I must be, it must have been, like, eight or nine Thanksgivings ago, my brother rolled up with a cardboard. And uh, he's uh, he's always been the techie one of the two of us. And, you know, he uh, he put it on me. And then, you know. From there, we started experimenting with virtual reality and then augmented reality. And, Eight or nine years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's when the Google Cardboard came out. That's when you first started. You slide your phone in. Yeah. Well, you built a little thing. You put your you put your phone in there. And all of a sudden, you transplanted it to all types of places. I remember one of the first things he put me in was like, you know, he's like, I was looking around Afghanistan and like <laughs> war zones. And like, you know, there was, was such cool things. Or you were underwater and you were like looking at fish or dolphins. So and,
0: this is what we know now as like the Oculus
1: Diamond the Quest too is the, the foremost headset head today. Yes, they are others. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're ISVs of Oculus on the enterprise and business side. So we're we also... you what? ISVs, independent software vendors. Okay. So that means that we've been accredited by them to build enterprise applications. Oh, d- within the Oculus? Within the Oculus. Wow. And, and we've done that with the other major headsets as well. So like HP, um, H, uh, the Vive, which is an awesome device. Um, actually, ByteDance bought Vive. Uh, boy! No, ByteDance bought, um, um, HP, HTC owns Vive, um, ByteDance bought Pico, which were also ISVs of, and then there's HP that has their own headset, uh, there's Vario that has their own headset, so there's, there's a bunch of headsets out there today, right, um, you know, there is a growing, you know, demand, and there's a growing, um, you know, uh, hardware development community looking to build and foster from the headset to other connected devices that feed into it. Like, like what? I mean, at CES this week, HTC dropped um, a device that sits on your wrist, right? That that basically m- looks at your motion and whatnot, so you get more accuracy. It, Facebook's been working on haptic gloves right? for... I don't know how many years.
0: And just for people that haven't heard previous episodes where that's been discussed, can you explain haptics very quickly? Haptics
1: are, um, you know, they're they can they can be in gloves, they can be in body suits, they can be anything else. What they do is they play to the sensory of your body, so touch, feel, um, you know. So, like, say you are using virtual reality to. Um, do machine training or something that's more complicated that has feedback on it. Right. Mm -hmm. So so you can feel that feedback or it can even get more simpler, right? Like maybe it becomes more consumer oriented and you are shopping for different textured things for your house. It could be tiles. It could be different types of wood. It could be, and you could feel those things and see what they feel like before you buy them, but you don't actually have to be in person to like lift, touch, feel. And I mean, it's gonna get beyond even the haptics, like the people working on sensory things for smells and things that you could add onto <sighs> your VR headset. So you could be like, you know, you could be transported to any place and in, in, anywhere in the world. Maybe not even, maybe out
0: of this world, right? What does it look like though? Not, not today, right? Because pe- people who haven't looked at this a lot, they saw the initial Facebook turn to meta announcement and they saw Mark Zuckerberg on some of these promos talking as a bitmoji, basically, like a 3D bitmoji (laughs) in the metaverse. And so everything, it's like, it's kind of like a Pixar movie, the way they're showing it versus like, oh, you're actually sitting in the other room. Is that where we're trying to get it, though, I assume? Uh, I think maybe in a long time it gets there, right? I think there are beginnings of that. You know,
1: there's a big tear and where people believe the metaverse is going right i mean i think one of the biggest indicators and you know it, it, they've been more vocal and people have been more vocal this week is apple right and mm. you know it's like when the imac came out it was an aha moment to yes. what what the personal computer is at home right um and, and what it, you could do with it right i mean obviously there were laptops before there were other devices but the, that that led to a different a shift in the paradigm right
0: absolutely um, that was what, what like 99 98?
1: 98 yeah somewhere around yeah. there so we know apple is going to release a headset um or there's been rumblings of it, we should say. Nobody really knows when or where.
0: They've been working on that rumors for a long time Yeah, though. they've been acquiring a lot of companies for a decade yeah.
1: to, to build it, right? Um, so there's like, some people have released like renders, or what they think it's going to be. Like, you know. But it's been pretty known now after this week. Apple doesn't believe in the definition of the metaverse, the way Facebook's going about it, right? In fact, they're leaning more into AR, they're leaning more into glasses that can be worn and, and have like a mixed reality vibe. They also don't think that you're going to be immersed in, in, in virtual reality all day long at the jump right and i kind of well not at the jump well well, you know we're 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 several years in right what is the average user duration right now i think you know the first Mm. time user is, is spending 16 to 18 minutes in there right like you know obviously somebody like me who spends hours in there right is it, a little bit different but like th- there's a wide spectrum of users right it's your business yeah it's, my, it's yeah. my business it's also i enjoy it i play video games i take meetings in there at this point you can prototype in
0: there oh you've been doing business meetings in there, yeah th- so like they like mark was showing on on cbs so, or so whatever actually
1: i think his his uh his platform for meetings is probably the best out there today there's a meet in vr i mean i met those guys it's cool um, there was Spatial doing it. They've moved towards more of NFTs and selling their environments. And then you have Facebook. But what Facebook's done is they've used the inside-out tracking. You can use pass-through so you can see the real world. When still. inside-out
0: some... tracking, I'm going to stop you just when we got yeah, 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 to yeah. people.
1: Inside-out tracking is basically you know, the sensors that are in, used in you know the Oculus Quest 2 that allow you to not have to um, be tethered to a PC and you're using like an environment, right? And you know, basically you're not going to run into the wall. Right. And beyond that, they're using pass-through. So pass-through is basically the cameras on the Oculus that allow you to like see the desk in front of you, right? So when I put, go into Facebook's workroom horizon experience, right, like now I it has me scan my desk so it knows that my desk is there, right? Then... Beyond scanning your desk, it allows you to then pair with your laptop. So if you have your Mac here, your new M1 Mac, or even the older Macs, whatever it is, you can you can now see that. So I can use my keyboard, I can use my Mac in mm. there, and then you can bring other people and say, you're meeting in there with me too, right? And yeah, How meeting- easy is it for someone it's that's me- never been in there? It's easy. It's easy. It's very oh. easy. Download the app, sign up, Get, get right, yeah, right in, to the world and then it. you go you can have a whiteboard you go up to the whiteboard you can you can use your your controller you <laughs> drawing and whiteboarding in there right you can do a lot of things uh, I mean, it goes so fucked. well beyond that right like we have a project right now it's a google at tilt brush come out a long time ago i don't know if you know what tilt brush is explain that it's it's like um you remember what mike you know what paint was and like absolutely uh, it's like paint for the metaverse right or for virtual reality <laughs> but you know there's other tools called like um multi-brush which build on that right and like so for example we're working on a project right now i can't talk too much about the project but to go through early stage prototyping to help them figure out their business the environment we're doing multi-brush sessions so they're in virtual reality our spatial designers are in virtual reality we're prototyping in real time as they're seeing us do it and whatnot so you know it's getting it's getting pretty wild right and i mean work has gone well beyond that right so we invested in a company called masterpiece studio which you know um, you know, I am a big believer. In fact, I think he's on a rocket ship to a unicorn. And um, what do they do? So so, John Gagné, um, he founded it. They're based out of Ottawa. Canadians, um, love eh? right? Oh. Eh? No, but but John is a genius. Um, you know, and like um, essentially, it's like you know what Adobe did an 81 to 2D design. They're doing a three design. So like, you can build 3D assets in virtual reality right, and then use them in virtual reality, right? So you want to build avatars, you want to build worlds, you want to build a you want to build whatever it is, you can use his tools as a creator to create those 3D assets and then be able to use it, right? The next step is building those assets because so they can transcend boundaries in the metaverse and go into different environments. But you know, he's telling you to find that. And he's probably the only one out there who can really do that. So it's like build it from scratch though, or use pre-existing pieces. No, you can you can literally draw and then build No that. shit. and there's pre-existing pieces too, right? But like, you know, you can literally create three D assets in the metaverse for the metaverse. Because right?
0: I'm thinking about like Madden or one of those sure. games we played growing up, where you would you would go into player mode or whatever they call it now, and you would build your own guy, your own like character. That, that, but that, it's that's just taking every pieces. VR world though this point, yeah. right? They're just building your avatar, and now Such they're talking group. about in the in the real actual VR world, and we're talking about no, you can literally by hand just like woo. Yeah, yeah
1: you're not using like so you're using shapes and things like that, but like yeah, you're building 3D assets. Mm. Like, and you can build all types of things. And like, you know, I, the world is moving at, at lightning speed in, in virtual reality. You can do, there's a lot of cool tools coming out that allow you to work in virtual reality, to prototype, to do mind maps and think about solutions, to meet people. Productivity and business is, is at the forefront of this right now, right? right? And then the other tenement is like gaming, right? Um, you know and then like you have a lot of other things coming together like you know what 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 is a music metaverse look like what does a retail shopping metaverse look like what does any of these things start to do because you know there's going to be a lot of use cases on why you want to do things in virtual reality right and the metaverse transcends actually virtual reality that's one part of it is augmented reality right where it's like well how does things overlay in the real world
0: yes and this is another one this has been on a previous podcast before but for people listening Augmented reality, virtual reality, high level, what's the what's Virtual the reality now?
1: is full immersion in uh, a world or environment that takes you out of your physical world and transports you mm-hmm. to a new environment, whilst augmented reality uses the technology to place different things. It could be a dinosaur. It could be an engine that you're working on. It could be whatever you could dream of into your
0: environment. Mm. So there was a video... I saw like a quick social clip the other day where it was some company in China. It looked pretty dope, not going to lie. But I don't have the video up right now. Maybe I can find it while you're talking. But essentially it showed like from the first person view, someone walking through a street in Beijing or something. And then, boom, whatever glasses, goggles went on. Now the street was there, but it was all like colored up. There were things all over the place. AR. Yeah. Pure AR, and that wasn't what it looked like to me is like i had to watch it a few times this is why i say it because i was like they're taking that environment but did they go full vr because it totally changed or no, am i just that's, seeing that's so AR. many colors that it's absolutely ar and it's just like souped up that's ar and that's going to really become
1: possible with like yeah. 5g what verizon's doing to accessibility to internet anywhere uh, Isn't
0: 5G supposed to kill everyone? That's what the conspiracy. say. I mean, is, I don't buy it. <laughs> but um,
1: I think it makes everybody more connected. I mean, yeah. you know, like there's, there's ways to use technology for advantage, right? The, the fears here are like, you know, you become a slave to this echo chamber of content and the world. And a lot of people are already doing that yeah, without VR and AR. You know, social media is the, the sucker that's, just, you know, consuming everybody. It's but the bootloader. They, yeah. It's, it's like literally how much you want and how much you want to get out of it. Anything's about what you... What and how you use it, right? Yes. Um, so there's a lot of value in these technologies. I think that we're going to see a lot of changes in how the the, the social, the interactive, the business paradigms change with it. But um, it's still a lot to be discovered. It's still very nascent, man. This is emerging technology that is at the beginning of definition, right? In from a user experiential paradigm to how people use it to what you can build with it to... You know how far does it go, right? I mean, what the fidelity of those environments are.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: So right now, I mean, if you look at like certain VR headsets or even AR, the processing power because these things are computers, right? Even your phone is a computer in your pocket. Yes. Right. How much can they output, right? What? What? How many polygons? Because so like a three D a three D object is made up of thousands of polys, polygons, right? And like there there are ones that are you know of lower fidelity and there are ones of higher fidelity in quality the high, yeah 100 percent. so like photorealism right like you know you get into like gta on a, on a playstation now it looks very real yeah you're, you're not gonna get that you know from virtual reality at this point right but you will get there for sure
0: hmm i'm trying to think Which of the 47 things you just mentioned there I want to ask about next. But let's stay with the last one you just gave. Which is like the GTA example. So before any of this metaverse happened. And this is what I've been thinking about a lot recently. We had the rise of video games where. Let's say from especially 2001 to. I'll even cap it a little bit and say 2015. The realism of what everything looked like just went to all, I mean, the polygons were insane, obviously, yeah. whatever was going on there. We got to a point pretty quickly, even early on, where kids, especially playing video games, couldn't... They couldn't comprehend that what they were doing isn't reality, right? They were so immersed in it that, like, even things like GTA, if, if a 10-year-old was playing GTA, they're like, oh, no, this is normal. We're just going around fucking beating people up and, and killing them. And... That obviously has led to some interesting emotional intelligence fallacies in the real world, but if you still consider the fact that during all those years, these kids had to sit there and use a remote control – a a controller for for whatever – whether it was a PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, and hook it into a TV – And now we're talking about even not just for games, but like in general, just for life with like a quote unquote metaverse, which obviously I want you to define all that. But now we're talking about moving into where, no, they are actually immersed in it It and it's a part of it. It's an article that came out about this
1: earlier this week. So this guy was, um, I got to look it up. I, I, I don't remember exactly
0: where. So this guy was watching his kids. If you're looking to search the web privately and not have all these websites track you when you leave, you know, you don't want to leave a digital footprint, you don't know what the future holds, you want to make sure you just have your privacy, who knows, maybe the government's watching, you don't want that to happen. Check out my friends over... No, don't check them out. Buy my friends' product over at Privato VPN. If you use the link in my description for Privato, you will go to the Trendifier homepage at their site, and you will see a plan for $4.99 a month. That is the same one I use, and the best part is you won't even notice it's there. You'll lose no speed. You can access whatever servers they have around the world. And you know what? You can also use it on 10 different devices at a time. I have two, but I can use it on two seamlessly, no problems. So check them out. Use that link. Hit that four ninety nine plan and let me know what you think.
1: And they were like, you know, preteens and whatnot, and they were playing a game. And you know, like in the game, it was quite violent, right? And you know, this kid was actually, you know, you, you're you're immersed. So like, it looks like it, when you're looked down, it looks like you're using your own hands, right? So this guy is now using his own hands in virtual reality, holding a gun. That's that's obviously, and he's shooting people, right? So this father, he was like, "Whoa!" He's like, "You can't play this, right?" He's like, "Yeah." It's not distorting the lines of an eleven-year-old that thinks it's okay. He has a gun and he's going to shoot things and shoot people, right? And like, obviously, where society has gone, some of the challenges they've had, we've had with gun violence. This guy was like, "No, no, no!" He's like, "He's like, you know, if he was in, ver- if he was watching playing a video game on a PS." ps5 or an xbox right you know at least he has a controller and he's disconnected from this in these scenarios it's almost like this is you right because like you're first person you are that body you look down those are your hands right the gun is in your hand yeah I mean, there's definitely going to be some rules around these things, and if you start to start to see it, like you know, like there are no real rules on age and usage. I mean, there's some definition, and like, oh, you shouldn't let somebody who's under a certain age use a VR headset or whatnot. It's not for under 13 or whatever it is, but like, it's it's becoming more um, more accessible. Um, You know, just look at what what Christmas was right after uh, December 25th. What was the number one app in the Google Play and the Apple Store? I'm not aware. The Oculus app. Really? So, so what does that infer, right? On Christmas Day, what was part of the most gifted gifts? Yeah. An Oculus. That's why everybody was setting up their Oculus and pairing it with their. So all of a sudden, you know, you, you saw a spike in demand. So you see a lot of people getting these devices. And you're going to see more and more in, in households, which is inevitable. Now, Oculus is
0: owned by Facebook because they bought Meta. it. Yeah. Meta. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm never going to get used to that. But <laughs> it's owned by Meta. Because they bought it several years ago. They bought it a while ago. No, oh,
1: they bought it. what Oculus, they bought it. Yeah, they bought it a while ago. Yeah.
0: yeah, because they've been trying. I mean, I was talking to people who are in the world like you years ago who were like, oh, yeah, Facebook, they're not a social media company. Like they are right now, but they're not trying they're to be. This company. is what they're trying. They're trying to build the actual what became the metaverse. They weren't using that word back then. But like this sale, when they did it, put them at the forefront of – essentially building this vr industry because oculus was the biggest brand name they they still obviously have the biggest market share and everything but what because you brought up a little while ago like some different companies who are doing this and now apple's like looking at getting into it which is gonna be interesting but what makes oculus so much better or is it than some of the other ones you mentioned
1: so i mean from a hardware standpoint i I don't know if there's the you know they were they were the first to really get to an untethered state where you didn't need a PC. That's one, right? So they had a competitive advantage in that way. And it started with the go The goal was definitely not the way it is. It was a seated experience. It, it didn't have a, as much um, freedom. So you know, like it, three off and you know whatnot. That was that was more on that side of the spectrum where like you are limited in your movement and and how freely you can move. It you know um, today they've built something that allows you to move freely within a, a space. You define right. It has inside eye tracking, so you're not running into the wall. So they got to a a critical mass of that from a a technical standpoint, hardware standpoint, at an affordable price, right? So like, how much are
0: they going for? Three
1: hundred bucks right now. Jesus, right? So it's it's quite cheap to buy a computer that's strapped onto your head. So that's one part of it, right? I mean, you know, there there are other how many
0: slaves are making that in foreign countries? I'm
1: not sure. A lot, probably. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, there's a lot of great devices like the Vario. Um, the, the Valve Index, um, you know, the 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 they, they, the HTC Vive, all great devices, right? Even the Pico, it's a great device. The Neo Two I is excellent. Right. Well, the Pico today in America, it's not a consumer device. In China, it is, right? So like, it's pretty widely adopted there. Um, so you're seeing segmentation with that. But what makes Oculus the best, to be honest with you, is the same reason why you buy an iPhone, right? You buy an iPhone, at least for upfront, now Android's caught up, is because of the ecosystem, right? Yes. How polished it is, how, how you know, and, and then how much apps you have and the accessibility of the content and that. So Oculus has, you know, got to a point where, you know the best apps, the richest app store. It's all available through them, and there's there's other ways to get apps through other devices. There's Steam, which is like a third party app store that par- partner is like partnered with all these other headsets. Mm-hmm. They're sideloading these apps, so you can do things where like there's a whole marketplace of apps that that couldn't get in Oculus wouldn't admit them into the app store because they're they're a little bit stringent about who gets in there and how you get in there and the approval process that you are like you know just indie creators, I'd say, um. But like that, yeah, it's just the richest, richest ecosystem, right? And and it's also the most affordable device for a consumer, um, and because of how user friendly it is and how accessible it is, it's there, right? It also yeah, they, the Meta has easy. so much damn money that they you know they can buy eyeballs and adoption and strike deals and you know, um, but you know they have their own challenges, man. Like you know, like that, that. they built an app called Venues, right? And this app Venues is like. I guess the equivalent of what, a Madison Square Garden or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. There's music shows going on there. You can go watch a basketball game. They've struck a deal with NBA. You can go watch some WWE fights. It's right now?
0: Yeah. You can watch the NBA on there right now? Yeah.
1: But like, it, it's...
0: Is it, it cartoonish?
1: or like- It's not cartoonish. So they're, they're, they're using um, you know, a certain types of camera to capture um, content that is... You know, it's not volumetric, but it, it, it's stereoscopic in a way that, like, you can... It feels like you're sitting courtside, okay? Got it. Or, or in one of the seats. It, it, you know, it's, it's definitely not as good as sitting courtside. I mean, <laughs> as somebody who's sat courtside, you know, it's just it's just not, right? It's cool. But, like, even in the concerts, like, you know... And there was an article that dropped last week about, you know, why venues, Facebook's Venues app or Meta's Face Venues app is failing, right? That's because, you know, they... they, they Go watch a young thug show. It's, it's, it's poor it, at best, right? It's poorly thought. They didn't think about spatial design paradigms. What do you mean by that? So you can design for 2D, right? Which is mm-hmm. what dividing on an iPhone and, or a computer. It's des- you design differently for a computer, for an iPhone, whatever it is. But you're no longer in 2D when you're using VR. You're in 3D. You are define for a three-dimensional world. Right? And they're not doing that effectively. No. Basically, when you go into venues and you go see a live concert, they put you on a balcony and like Young Thug, you know, they did one with uh, Jaden Smith earlier on. I think he was the first one. They've done concerts. They've done DJ sets. You're looking at them in a distance and like in the Young Thug case, he's a giant. But like, you know, he's in front of you and like, you not it, You got to think about VR's experiences. It's an experience mm. economy. You're coming to those things for an experience, right? And, and beyond that they did a poor job like you know I couldn't go watch a show with you effectively like you know I can't like it, it just it just poorly thought like you can see that it it wasn't thought about for a spatial first experience
0: because well my first question would be from the way you described that maybe I'm misunderstanding it but like why if you're gonna do VR with like a concert, why did they not have you in the front row, right there in the experience? I mean, he's huge
1: in front of you. You basically are. But you row said that front... you're on a balcony. Yeah, you're on a balcony. It's a balcony type thing. Um, but it, there's nothing in front of you.
0: Do you see the real people who no, are there's there? No, there's
1: no real people below you. It's uh, just him. Yeah, just him.
0: Oh, so it's like very.
1: And the thing is, it's like, like simulated. Can, it feels like that um, in a real way. And and the, the weird part is, like you know, when you go into that, you're expecting something out of this world, an experience yes. of some sort, right? Something that is. You know, creating um, something better than you can do in the real world. You go
0: into virtual reality to do things you can't do in the real world. But they also don't have... I'm just thinking about this now, like, trying to visualize it. They also don't have, like, haptics yet, so you don't feel the rush of the crowd when they lose their fucking mind when he comes out and does whatever song.
1: Yeah, You know, it's
0: like it's like you're watching... It's almost like they just souped up a home theater experience for sort that. Sort of, kind of,
1: but like, you know, they could have done so much better. They could have, but it would take more time and effort, right? You'd have to design unique things each time. I mean, there are people trying to tackle this right now. Um, you know, uh, we we are, we are looking at tackling it, right, also, mm. right? I mean- trucks. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not we're not doing it yet, but it's something that we've been, you know, in discussions to do with a couple different groups,
0: right? While, while I have you on that, this is a good time to do it, just to, for clarity. You had been explaining very early on that you had had this company, OAB, you sold it like four or five years ago, you said yes, something like correct. that. correct. And it sold to Semtrex. Correct. Which you now run what at Semtrex? And what I, do you guys I serve do? as
1: the general manager of Semtrex XR, which is uh, a you know, the, the sub organization of or Soundtrack that's focused on building AR, VR technology for work for hire, investing in organizations that we believe are helping define the future of that space. Um, we have acquired companies that, you know, have done things that we believe could be, you know, built upon to ad- and adopted for these technologies. Um, we are um, building our own game. Called, called Star Force uh, Battle of Brazil, where we've licensed, um, you know, um, a series of books created by B.V. Larson, who is this amazing sci-fi author, um, and he's written some, some great books, and you know, we're turning those into to FPS first-person shooters, um, and that, that, that first beta should go live, um, I think. Oh, so what?
0: exactly what we were talking about with the kid shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. I mean, but like, we're, we're looking at you shooting robots and stuff like that and not, not other people. Um, okay. So it's a little bit different, right? Like, it, it's it's futuristic, out of this world type things. We're not trying mm-hmm. to make you go, you know, create violence if, uh, if other people of your own breed are here. Good. <laughs> you know, um, Good. You know we're, we're, we're thinking about it a little bit differently. We're thinking about, like, putting people into, you know, really metaverse type experiences. Um things you couldn't do in real life, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're doing a number of things at CXR. So I serve as the GM of CXR. I'm, I'm also the general manager of uh, Semtrex Labs, which is what was birthed out of OAB, which is a creative technology focused on strategy, design, development, deployment of web, mobile applications that you know, leverage cloud computing, AI, ML. Um, you know, so very focused on, on that as well. And, you know, we're looking to spin out some of those services and focus towards uh, one of our largest group, uh, customer segments, SME, Small and Medium Enterprises, called Good Tech, which we'll be launching in the coming months, which is, you know, a subsect of what we do at Sumtrex Labs, but very focused on a certain persona
0: of a buyer type. And And what specifically would you be doing for them? Would you be building? So I'll use an example. If you were working with a company that sold physical product X, maybe they sell clothes or something, would you be integrating how they build applications within like the Oculus universe or things like that to move towards AR slash VR marketing?
1: We do that for some organizations where we help them think about what's the future of commerce for them and the future of retail. Mm. Um, There's other organizations that we're helping them, you know, upskill their infrastructure from an ad tech standpoint to use their ad tech to, to create more revenue. Um, which is, like, a science of, like, how do you serve those ads and what order, what load speeds. Um, migrating from, you know, one cloud infrastructure to another um, to, to save money or, or you know, get better, you know, speed on your site. Um, we do a number of those things that are more brass tacks, um, you know, doing full-on, you know, audits and and recalibrations of applications because if you build them a couple of years later, you know, you need to, yeah. you need to maintain them. You need to make exactly. sure they're good. You need to use the most updated standards for code and, you know, SDKs and whatnot. And then, you know, we're, we're obviously on the VR, AR side, right? Like we're helping medical companies think about how they can use technology to augment doctors. Um, augment doctors. Yeah, you imagine if a doctor had a HoloLens on his face and he could, you know, help look at know a botox treatment plan or um and design a treatment plan for a patient
0: or well uh, you just said augmented so not the v- uh, where my mind went when you said that was a doctor doesn't have to be there they just they throw on goggles and they're in one country but they're in the other country yeah. when they throw them on no we're not in that case but okay
1: that is coming
0: I absolutely know, i don't know if you saw the
1: robots at ces that you use vr to actually control pretty gnarly
0: no, I haven't seen
1: that. Yeah, yeah. There was, a, there was a robot at CES that you can literally put on a VR headset and you could uh, control your robot. I mean, he's for more like general purpose house things right now. So, but he, the dexterity and like the, the fineness of his fingers and what he can do, like he could pinch a grain of some salt and sprinkle it as he's cooking for you, right? So, like, you're getting to like pretty, pretty interesting stuff. But, like, yeah, I mean, truth be told, like, you know, eventually you're going to be able to do that. And, like, you know, what the- was
0: the example you were given, though, where, where the doctor has.
1: So say a doctor has, he has a HoloLens, right? And yeah. he is a plastic surgeon, and he does Botox. And you know, he has a patient come in, and he uses the AR glasses, the HoloLens, to map this human's face, then look at a treatment plan to think about where do they need injections for Botox. And then he creates such treatment plan, and you know, he can use that as a guide.
0: What do you mean map the human's face with the, with the AR glasses? like so, how does that work
1: he can place um different points on somebody's face right mm. to, to basically identify nose cheekbone
0: jawline whatnot right and it's like a saved file it's not like when they draw it with the actual marker correct got it okay. and then on top of that once he's now mapped the p-
1: face he can start going and being like, okay, we're going to inject here,
0: here, here,
1: here. And he can create like a treatment plan.
0: And he can play with it and kind of simulate yeah, it. Yeah, in real life. It would wow. like uh, in real time. In real time too. Holy shit. Man, that, that still has limitations. Don't get me wrong. The HoloLens isn't perfect, but it's getting there. What? So that's like a, that's a selective treatment, Botox for that example. But is this also already applicable to things that are more like life-saving treatments and stuff like that?
1: In what case, like you've if had a heart attack or... Yeah,
0: maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't know if you'd be using it in that scenario. I mean, eventually you would um, for diagnostic type things or things mm. of that nature. But I mean, you know, there are a lot, many use cases of how the HoloLens is being used in medical devices today and medical workflows. I mean, it's being used in so many different types of things for skilled workers to like to, 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 to doctors, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's gone quite far in the last... Um, well, we're at, we're at HoloLens DK2. So, you know, it was, it was limited to DK1, but it's getting better. But, yeah, you can use it for all types of different things.
0: Do you think that some of this, though, is also going to automate away doctors in the next mm. two decades in certain facets? Not, all, I'm not saying all doctors at all. Not that. I'm saying, like, in certain facets where now things that were previously done by doctor of X, whatever it is, now, you know, some asshole sitting at a desk can do it.
1: I don't know if that's still the case. There's this precision, right?
0: Mm.
1: Like, with like, say, the treatment plan. Somebody can map your face and do it. Maybe a nurse can now do that, and, and he can do it. See more patients. But the guy who's actually injecting your face, you know, they're gonna have to have some certification or training.
0: Yeah, that kind of thing. I, I would think that. Right, I'm or even like, like-
1: if you're Mister Anesthesia, and you need to wear, put that injection in, or an epidural, or whatnot. All those things require precision. Um, but I think the computer
0: can simulate it according to bulk data and do it itself, that's Eventually, yes, me. it will get there.
1: Wow. But I think the, the, the computer's going to be able to do a lot of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had a buddy who he was, I'll just say, very closely involved with a company and got involved with them four or five years ago. It's been sure. a while. That essentially will long term whether it's them or someone else who wins in the space will take away the need for a lot of radiologists because what they were doing was using artificial intelligence to review the scans yeah Yeah. and and they could they could run it through like google was poking around trying to buy them early on because they're like, oh, we just will give access to all the data, right? And they didn't sell it. But it's like they would just run it through all the previous scans on various data sets of different different backgrounds as far as like age, ethnicity, all these different things to be able to give a percentage reading of what the potential diagnoses would be. But ultimately, it's going to be more accurate than a human. That's what I'm saying. It, I don't see how it doesn't get there. It does. It gets there.
1: 100%. Why, why wouldn't it, right? Like, you know, data doesn't lie. Data is a truth teller, right? So if you feed the engine data and you have enough data on it, then why, why wouldn't you, right? Big big data is inevitable.
0: Are we going to have anything left to do in 50 years? Or are we just all like little cyborgs, like fucking plugged up, sitting in some room in a little shack because that's the only thing we own and we just fuck around in the metaverse and get high over there?
1: Um... Depends on what you do in life. I mean, there's always gonna be big thinkers and guys that solve real problems, right? I mean, yeah, the guy's building it. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, or, you know, there's all, there's all types of fun things you can do. But the world evolves. Technology evolves, right? I mean, you're gonna see a lot of things like become more technology oriented for sure. And you're gonna see a lot of automation, whether it's driving a truck or a car, or you know, having centralized kitchens to to make you know thousands of recipes and run delivery um you know more of the the skilled workers are going to become warm that way right mm-hmm. um, for sure um more precision things and more specialized things will, will definitely
0: yeah like the last things that could be replaced by ai when you run these simulations of where it's going to go they often talk about things like being a gardener being a chef the stuff that requires all kinds of movement in all different lateral and Vertical direction, whatever it well, is. Well, you see, the,
1: they're already messing with chefs, right? You saw
0: this already. they are robots that are cooking meals. they are centralized
1: kitchens out there. In fact, Travis Kalanick, when he left, um, when he left Uber, that's what he's been tackling:
0: centralized kitchens. Right. So, like, I, I guess the example with chefs was like more fine dining? Very, yes. Very specialized chefs, like people who yeah. are actually like, they went to school for it, like the uh, whole night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think a robot's ever making me a meal from per se. That's what I'm saying.
1: Or, 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 or one of these fine restaurants. Like, you know, like a you know, reason why those chefs are, are, are winning Michelin stars, right? And yes. like, hitting those pedigrees. They're master their craft in a different level that a robot couldn't do it. Um, and part of it's also just the, the culture, uh, the vibe. You know, things that you can't mimic by AI. Right. But no man, there they definitely um there's a is a lot of um AI, ML, robotics that will come into the world and into our lives at a more greater level, right? I mean, people are already using these things in in, in quite large use cases, right? I mean, there's a lot of organizations today haven't had good cadence in, you know, uh managing their data or keeping their data. So they're they're not ready to you know, be able to use machine learning mm. and AI, right? Because those types of things are only as good as the data you feed it. Similar to the radiology use case you're saying, right? Impossible, tiny, large data sets. You need big data. Billions. Data warehouses. Billions. Can, exactly. You need billions of data points. So, you know, everything's about data,
0: right? To be able to feed those types of things. And it's interesting just because when people talk about like, oh, we became the product with Web 2.0 and social media the reason where the product is not just like getting into our privacy with our data but like the data itself also then bootloads those billions and trillions of points for simulations of everything yeah the great web 3 100 percent. and it's like you know when you start to talk about web 3 some people are like well what even is this and everything to me and now there's like the whole argument of like jack dorsey's trying to say like oh that's just a venture capital bullshit name that's not really what it's going to be but to me it seems like web 3 has a couple different almost like it's got like a paradox to it and here's why i say this on the one hand web 1.0 took us to the internet and said congratulations you're all connected web 2.0 said Congratulations. Now you don't have to type in www.whatever.com to go to a very specific thing. You can still do that if you want, but now there's going to be these central hubs where people have their digital presence. You have your profile with your pictures and your life and everything in there, so you, that is what it is. You know Whether it's even a video platform like YouTube, which I wouldn't have called pure social media, but like that's where people put video content well, to be created, It's user-generated content. Yes, You're so using. Facebook, all this stuff. In Web3... There's such a focus, and there's a lot here obviously, but there's such a focus on decentralization with it. And allow putting power back into the hands of the users who are now also connected in the virtual world far more than they were at the beginning of Web2 and we're also literally creating this virtual world. We're creating this virtual world, we're decentralizing contracts, we're using DAOs, we're
1: using cryptocurrency to change the way banking institutions are, we're transferring the way ownership is created and authenticity. yeah I mean there's a lot
0: there's a lot to unpack there. but everything you just mentioned, this is this is what I want to get at. everything you just mentioned is that decentralized portion which just to make it oversimplified, puts power back in the hands of the people to decide sort of kind sort of, kinda, depending on what it is to decide what they want to do with various parts of their life, be it finance, be it the actual money they use, be it their presence online, etc. these platforms though that built 2.0, We're part of building 2.0, be it Apple with the mobile, building the phone and all that, Facebook being the main social point with Instagram, YouTube, run through Google, which is our search. They lose all their power if people suddenly don't need to use what they have because they're no longer a hub and everything is quote unquote decentralized because these are centralized platforms. And so when Facebook comes out, and I'm not even going to get to the... Final point I was going to make here because let's stay with this. This is this is more important. When Facebook comes out and says like, oh, we're meta now and we're building the metaverse, the, the context is, well, now we're going to make sure that we get enough users into our metaverse, however that looks, that we control and we have final say over what goes on here because it's our private entity creating it, that we are going to take away the ability for competition to go create all their own metaverse side because people aren't going to go there they're going to go here
1: i don't know if that's going to really work in meta's favor
0: i hope it doesn't Uh, no but why
1: because you you see all these other communities popping up like decentraland and all these other places where people are buying land in the metaverse and you know they're creating these sub-communities and stuff like that facebook is a very primitive way of looking at the metaverse to be honest with you um
0: i like to hear that
1: you you know explain this no, because they've they've, they've created an, well, they didn't even create an operating system because they actually announced yesterday that they're pulling back because they couldn't get it done. But like you know, they have the, this infra infrastructure and this interface, right, that, that makes it easily accessible for people to go into three dimensional games or whatever it is, right. But like beyond that, if you're thinking about like the connectivity of the metaverse at that level, of what you're talking about. I think we're we're going to see a lot of other players in there, and a lot of other places where people buy land and have experiences or have their retail presence. And we're going to see some worlds to be more popular than others, right? Um, Does that
0: phase out Facebook though over time? I
1: don't think it phases out Facebook. Meta. I think I think Meta, meta evolves, and I think they they have a real part to play in this. I mean. You know, I don't think they're going anywhere, but I don't think they they corner the corner the the world of it, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't become that you know
0: everybody bows to them and everybody goes to them, right? But this is my one problem thinking about it this way because the way you're painting it right there is that, as you said, multiplayers, different places to go. Our world in the tech era, uh, just to really broaden it, has moved more and more to winner take all monopolies. Right? There's a reason that people use Google and Google's a verb. Ask Jeeves isn't around anymore. You know I but mean there
1: no- are people now that are building tools that you can like earn money in Bitcoin, yeah, you know, or whatever currency for your searches. So it's it's no longer passing it along to Google
0: that you're you're making money off your your own searches. Okay, through. so let's stay with people that people are starting to do things like that. So let's say that that something like that comes up. Now they win. Now they take it all. You see what I'm saying? No, you own your data in that case. And, and you have the right to monetize it
1: or not. And you can collect um But that's their the token platform. It, right?
0: But that's whatever platform created that, the sure. profiteers of it. So they have and I don't know if that's gonna be fully decentralized so they don't have control to say who comes on and who doesn't. I'm not sure about that. But
1: no, you can anybody can go get the plug in, put it on their browser, and then you anybody has the right if they should choose to wanna sell their their data and their search history, then they can cash in and then then it gets
0: sold. When you say sell it through their search history, though, is that that's through a separate browser, right? Like a separate, it's no, not it's Google. Pl- it's
1: a plugin on top of Chrome.
0: So it's still using Google
1: Chrome. <laughs> no, but yeah, you, you can control permissions. You, you, you don't have to have Chrome track you. I thought, there's ways to control that.
0: But you, when you search something, you're still using Google.
1: Once again, permissions. Right? right.
0: So if you don't give it permission, you're not searching anything.
1: I mean, you are searching, but it's just not tracking it.
0: So Google has no idea what you just typed in.
1: Yeah, it depends how you control your permissions.
0: Do you actually believe that's true?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're just stealing data in that way. They don't need to.
0: Why don't they need to? That's what they run.
1: Uh, there's Billions of people using it. There's not there's not enough people have adopted this yet. It's not a problem. to. But them.
0: that's it's not a problem right now. <laughs> but they got to be thinking three, four, five years out. Things move slowly, then all of a sudden.
1: I don't know, man. I think a lot of these companies are, are diversifying and, and thinking about the how they play within the metaverse too, right? I mean. I think some of it is uh, you know shifting paradigms and they're going to need to adopt it. Don't get me wrong, I don't think web3 is all that it's promised to be just yet, right? And I don't think that the the decentralization is is scientific at this point. There are some beginnings of it. There are some thoughts around it. There, there, there are there's some catalysts like Bitcoin and smart contracts and the Ethereum, you know, using Ethereum for certain things and we're seeing it more with like DAOs pop up. Can and- you
0: tell people what a DAO is?
1: I don't know what the exact acronym is and I can look it up. It's, D- it's Digital, D- Digital Autonomous, Autonomous organization. organization. Yeah, I think I, I, don't want, I don't want to say that wrong.
0: But this is like a term that's being thrown around, especially in crypto yeah, de- communities. Decentralized
1: Autonomous Yeah, de- I'm sorry. Decentralized Autonomous yeah. Organization. Yeah. So like an, an example of DAO is like... Um,
0: Just keep that mic pointed towards you if ah, you don't mind.
1: Yeah, there you go. Now nah, you're good. So you know, like um, give you a good example of like a, a DAO, decentralized autonomous organization. So, say you have a platform, and actually this is something that we're we're working on of a partnership, and you know that that platform allows you to ask a question. Now you own that question, and you've put out a bounty on that question. So that question could be anything, right? Um, you know, uh, where where could I find an eight-foot basketball hoop, right? Because maybe you want to play with your kid or you want to do it, right? And there's not so many parks that have that, right? And, you know, somebody will be come on and be like, oh, I know where to, where that is. I know how to get that. You know, and, you know, there's a couple people that think they know. Now, they're going to submit their answers to hopefully win that bounty, right? Now. Oh, you're paying for the answer. You're paying for the answer. Got it. Okay. And then, you know, they submit their, their answers, right? But there's a judge there. Or somebody that's judging it or a board or a council now they're going to be okay this one is the best one they awarded the bounty now that, that you get th- those answers but once you've gotten those answers that 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 group set up, set of answers is now on there and it's a proof set of questions you know other people can come get them and pay for that right Wait, this is scary right and now they've paid for that information right but every time they somebody else buys it you as the person who asked the question put the bounty get get a fee from that for a basic fee. question and then you know um the guy who got the correct answers that, that the judge was like yes this is the right answers he's getting paid every time what's right?
0: people's hold on what's people's incentive to do this you, um, you people use quora they, they, they you can get things for free online why are people suddenly you don't get good data you know, there's a lot of bullshit out there there's a lot of bullshit but like yeah, and, and this po- also combing the web of all the fake and you'd fake that out. That becomes increasingly hard as the world goes on. Absolutely, but w- the way you just explained that is that there are people who decide what's right and wrong here. Could well, you not well, see how people could be biased to whatever the fuck the question is to control what information they want? That's why you have a, a group, right? Like sort of like a jury. Okay, like you know, you, you hope that like. What if the jury all thinks the same? Mm.
1: Uh, you know, that's the same thing that happens when you take somebody to court, right? Or, or somebody's on trial.
0: Yeah, I don't think information flow, though, should be treated like a trial. I mean, a lot of things are going to be treated like that in this world where, like, um,
1: they got to validate authenticity and then when it's authentic, it, it's going to live on, on on a chain
0: and then you're going to have access to it. How does that tie into – so when, when you're bringing up these things. Like, it ties us. it's like smart contracts, right? Yes, yes. This is basically a smart contract paradigm that I'm sharing with you. So how does a smart contract, which is, has to do with blockchain technology and how it's integrated, how does that work within the confines of the metaverse eye? That are going to be created oh yeah i mean this is this is going to go this is the juicy this stuff is the juicy
1: stuff this is this is where the world starts going wild yeah right? chuck
0: just lit up over here
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so like you got to think about it there are already games coming out there where you can buy your character you own him you pay, pay 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 a couple coins for him then you're in the world and you're earning money as you're playing and you're you're doing all these crazy things and you know like so you start doing that right i mean it's it's everywhere right now with NFTs, obviously. But like you know, it becomes more interesting when you start buying different NFTs that are usable. Maybe they go on your avatar. Maybe you buy them in the metaverse and you they, they wear your avatar. Okay, and, and maybe you buy art that can decorate your, well, this is already happening, your your plot of land that you've bought, right? Mm. And, you know, you, you, you have a one of one or a one-of-ten, and, you know, maybe, maybe there's real-world value too. Maybe if you buy this this art object, you're getting it in the real world and the metaverse, right? And, like, you know, you're going to start to see things like that happen where, and it's already happening. Um, not going to see, I, you, if you look close enough, it's happening, right? And it's going to happen all over the ecosystem where... You know, your 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 one, you know, from your MMO game where, you know, you're what? You're, you're, an MMO is um, a type of game that you're, um, um, let me think of a good example of an MMO. Um mm, the Father is not an MMO, I think. Fortnite. Fortnite's an MMO? Yeah, I don't know. that. I, I gotta
0: look at this one second. And you're saying, what was the context on that? So, um, when I'm
1: saying this, uh, World of Warcraft was the example I was looking for. Okay. And I think we've all played World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy or any of that, right? So, an MMO is a, a, a multiplayer online game, right? And, like, you know, basically when, you're, when you start thinking about, um, you know, these things... So you're you're playing a multiplayer game, right? You own your avatar, you own your character, you own the clothes he's wearing, you own the car he's driving, and, and you know, you you could do all types of things, right?
0: Like, and so if there's a one of one of it, it is proven because it's 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 tied it's to the legislated chain on it's, the chain.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And you're gonna start to see that. People are gonna decorate their environments, they're gonna have virtual worlds, you know, you could be anything you wanna be in those worlds, right? And like people have all types of ideas or paradigms, but like, you know, it's going to go beyond that, right? Say, say there, there's pop-up shops, you know, you can buy yeah. pop-up shops in the metaverse. Maybe brands are doing it. I mean, there's already brands building NFTs. You can look at like, you know, Richemont and several others have formed consortiums where they're building, uh, uh, building 3D assets around all their products, right? So you can buy, you know, car, you could just Cartier assets or like, you know, Chloe bags or whatever it is. And all these guys are starting to do that. Right. So you're going to have these 3D assets that are tied to the blockchain that are NFTs. And these things are, are, you know, they're basically, and NFTs value is determined by scarcity, right? Like, and rarity. Yeah, among other things. Yeah, but the largest, the largest things are that, right? Like, if it's not rare. For the sake of argument, let's use that.
0: Yeah. If it's not
1: rare, it's worth shit.
0: I mean, look, there are some. And it's still within rarity, in defense of your argument there. But like even you look at the board ape yacht club, there are some apes that are not rare at all, but they're actually some of the more quote unquote expensive or sought after ones because people created a story around them like outside sure, of it, yeah. and it became like a movement you know yeah, so sure. it's like a weird thing, but your point's taken I, I yeah, understand
1: ultimately what you mean. With the board I ape even the one that's the least rare because you're know, basically they're using an algorithm of the same baseline right the way they designed those basically is they create To go into a creator tool, tool. they make them all as independent layers, right? Mm -hmm. So there's tons of different objects, and they use an algorithm to generate these different variants, right? And then there's more common... traits. Yeah, the traits. And there's more common ones that share more traits, and there's more rare ones that have more rare things. Maybe it's a certain hat or a, a certain eye or whatever it is, and then you can increase rarity by your serum or whatever it is. But, like, even the the least rare Bored Ape, if you think about how many Bored Apes they are, and given the demand in the community now because of all the celebrities involved, it's still very rare. Oh, right? oh yeah.
0: 100%. 100. Especially like, in the it, growing scale of what an NFT is. You're talking about the highest end of, like, collectibles. I know that. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying, like, even within that, though, there's a weird thing that can go around. So then if you extrapolate that out, outside of, like, just rarity of a project itself you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder right <laughs> sure, yeah. like people are going to they, they're they're going to run in and this is actually a good symbol too for like how I'm trying to think about who's going to win the metaverse and like volume but people are going to run to where the volume and attention is it's no different than anything else so like sure, foot traffic yes so like if if metas metaverse Somehow, over the next three years, as it's starting to get built, gets eighty percent of the foot traffic. I mean, they're going to be hard to unseat. But I, I, we'll come back to that. I'd, I want to stay with the NFT point. Like when people are looking at this space, in particularly because we started this talking about on chain and NFTs, as I believe are are certainly like the connector into that world. When when we're talking about blockchain integration with the metaverse and the future sure, digital yeah. universe, but. You it all know, leads I, together i had mitch laxamana in here a month and a half ago something like that who he's a couple different things but one one of his main trades right now is he's an nft trader sure. and he is brutally honest about it so he's like you know some of these projects it's like whoa okay this has real integration here's why here's what it could be here's how you could use it whatever and then he's like a lot, a lot of, of them it's bullshit. like a lot of vaporware vol- out there P- exactly people going there I see volume, I see numbers, I go, I'm in, I'm out, like a machine. And that's that's a money-making operation. It's same thing
1: with Bitcoin though, right? Everybody built their own tokens and there's a lot of bullshit tokens oh, out yes, there. Oh, you know, yes, the Same kind. Exactly. People, people are always going to try to, to ride exactly. a lot, make a quick buck
0: and then you know it, it deflates. Exactly. So ignore, that's what I'm saying. Ignore that, let's call it 90%, at least the projects that are sure. like that. And it's vaporware, I like that term. So ignore the vapor. The stuff that's not, Maybe even board Apes, right? Like, Which is like the top dog of, of the collections. Sure, there's Doodle. There's a bunch. Yeah, absolutely. But the stuff that's not... People, in my opinion, they're going to find a way to like keep building steps on this. So it's not just, oh, I own this board Ape so I can hang it in my virtual house. But it also gives them access to... To various places, or like almost like a like a like, a like a pass in the yeah, metaverse. It's
1: like when, uh, yeah, it's like a, if you have pass you it to go to Soul House. Right? Yes, <laughs> um, there's going to be accessibility things. There's going to be things for only owners of that. There's going to be communities around it. Um, you know, there's going to be things that you can do because you have one of those or. You know that's definitely going to happen, right? People are always looking for ways to level up or or layer things in. I mean, and it's it's more than just decorating your metaverse or your board it Man, people are doing silly things now. They're putting it on chains, right? They're wearing it around. It's it's, it's social cloud. They're using it as their their um you know their their profile picture. But then it also goes to other things, right? Like. Buy NFT art, you know, use an NFT frame, hang it in your house. Now you have you have different art in your house too, because these collectors are using it in the real world. Um, you know, maybe set community board apps, a mobile app. Maybe you can do certain things with it, like you know, um, you know, there's there's definitely all types of things people are trying to layer on these things right now, and think about how to add more value for sure. And like you know, I mean, people are not just buying two D art or three D art and, and trying to keep it in their their metaverse apartment.
0: Yeah, their and, and they're and their, their meta homes. Yes, yes, yes. And depending on what it even is or how long it lasts for some of them, because it's like like I look at some of these projects that clearly offer nothing other than a randomized piece of digital sometimes looks like total shit that they just made and they say, like Oh doodle. yeah, and it's it, to me like some of them are just straight up pyramid schemes when the only real thing they offer is like staking because staking on the crypto side when you're talking about like a, a ethereum or things like that it's it's i'm way oversimplifying it but it's essentially like earning money on your money like yeah. l- lending out your money for just like in the real world with, with, yeah, it, 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 yes but in a in a in a, in a fair predetermined sure. community oriented way like, yeah, so yeah. people know exactly what they're today getting when they borrow that today yeah. it is that's scary but i'll i'll stay with this so within NFTs you see some of these projects they'll drop a collectible project that's 10,000 pieces so it's got 10,000 rarity of whatever it is and now they got to drive demand to the the project at launch so to drive demand they got to build a community they got to build people who want to buy and so they may come out shit project X and say oh we're going to offer staking and what staking does is when the people like the investor takes hold of the object the piece of art whatever it is it's minted and you have it it's minted and they have it they then can can take that piece give it back to the company where they still own it loan it back to the company for a predetermined set rate where they're paid you know three percent four percent while they own it and this then artificially decre it, it incentivizes decreasing supply to artificially increase demand, and then they have nothing else behind the project, and there's and there's nothing exciting about using it in the metaverse. And I look at these, and I'm like, you know, some of these projects, a lot of these projects, excuse me, aren't doxed. You have no idea who the people are who made it. They're completely hidden to. No governments getting to them, and it's like a fraud. There's a lot of that out there. Scary, man. It was in other
1: segments of the world, too. Before you had digital, over your NFT, there were other scams. You know, you just gotta, if you're gonna invest money in anything, you know, educate yourself. Yes. You know, take the time to learn about what the hell you're doing. Don't buy it because it's buzz, right? And a lot of people get hyped by the buzz. It's a reality. But like, you know, I think they're, there is inherent value to what an NFT is, the blockchain is, and how it starts to blur the lines of, you know, uh, value within the metaverse, within, you know, the digital currency ecosystem. Um, and, and, and it can have real world value if you've done correctly. Um, so I think... I- well, I can start to blur lines. I don't think every project's thinking about it that way. A lot of, no. creat- a lot of creators are thinking about quick money. they hear, and yeah. they're like, "I can mint an NFT on OpenSea. No problem." Yep. You know there's a guy who sold th- 10,000 selfies of himself and made tons I of all that. Silly. Yeah,
0: it's fucking crazy. Right? And it's and it's like it's so obvious, man. Like some of them are just so uh, – that guy literally took selfies of – I guess it's himself. Maybe it's a fake person, but I assume it's himself. It's himself. Right. So you know, I look at that and I go, well, currently these things aren't treated like securities. There's no existing law on them or whatever. But I always – not that I like this because this is a horrible precedent, but unfortunately it is true. I always say if the government wants to figure out how to make a case – they'll change the law to make a case so like they've done it before yeah do it again oh they do it all the time so like i'm looking at these and i'm like saying a prayer for some of these guys like oh my god like there's i don't see how when that that deflating bubble happens where all the bullshit just (laughs) taken out in a second i don't see how those guys aren't in chains in prisons i mean it happened
1: in so many ways think about junk bonds think about all these different right it happens. through, through – It's all cyclical, right? And like there's there's cycles where things peak and then they valley, and yeah. you know new new types of business takes them a while to catch up. They're big. They're behemoth. You know they're not focused on this yet. It's not a problem yet.
0: Not yet. And then people lose money. and It'll be a problem. Exactly. I was kind of surprised though, because back in 2018, when the initial ICO bubble burst within crypto. There were far fewer cases and quote-unquote prosecutions or even like volume around hearing news around that than I expected. Like a lot fewer because there were so many – I mean I'm sure you remember that. But the second half of 2017, fucking everyone was selling something in blockchain. Mm -hmm. You couldn't tell the real from the not real. I know one of my good friends was one of the initial guys like – Inventing the space like as legit as it gets, and he had a very zealous project that was overzealous in a way because it was ahead of its time, but it was fantastic. And yes, at one point it involved like some sort of ICO with it. Once these other people started coming in and just fucking ruining the space, done. No one wanted to hear about it, and he had to be like, Well, this is over. Like, we can't even, doesn't matter what value it has, no one cares. And that's, that is a danger with that, quote-unquote, my 10% of NFTs that I'm looking at. I do think about that because I'm like, is it just going to become Have totally you bought any dirty? NFTs? Yeah, yeah, I own yeah. some. Yeah, that happens, right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. You hope that you're choosing wisely. Exactly, exactly. And like, you know, obviously, like... I've had a front row seat to one of the projects I think we were talking with Chaz about with Smiles yeah. and, and what they've done. It's incredible work. Wahid's well, a great artist. Oh, my God. He's amazing. And, like, that is a real one. And I worry about sometimes, like, oh, would, Wa- would Wahid lose out on his company? Like, he and Giovanni, would they lose out because of all these other assholes who have no value behind it just suddenly screwing everyone over? It's a thought.
1: Mm, In it, a level for sure yeah if they have something real behind it then you know it'll keep some value but at a marketable level for sure there's going to become you know a part of this where there's levels um it's without a doubt
0: yeah when uh, you had the tech bubble in 2000 2001 apple amazon all these companies existed their stock prices all got hurt in the short term because everyone got hurt but they were legit and they lived on and i like to think and i actually do believe that, that the high end of NFTs will do that because I think this technology is so important to integrate in the metaverse. If
1: they they continue to think about how to, you know, be part of the ecosystem and grow of the ecosystem, some of them could probably get away with just being art. There's no doubt about
0: that. If it's good, yeah. it's good, yeah. Sure. And there's a story behind it. It's actual, it's it's real. It's not just tossed together. But like you, you talk about this buzz that, i like that word you used a few minutes ago where you're talking about like people are just trying to get in on the new thing with stuff and they have to be a part of it we're seeing it right now obviously with nfts and big companies but you know you've been looking at this stuff since your brother brought home the whatever it was nine years ago yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. cardboard and so you you've been seeing in a lot of ways before other people even talking about like where this this boat's moving and now you at least have a lot of Regular boomers out there in in the business world who are they may not understand it, but they're asking questions because they're like, okay, they're we curious.
1: see volume, right? Less than you would think, to be honest with you. I think really, one, I think there's a lot of a lot of um, you know big businesses and enterprises that are very curious about AR, VR and they're experimenting, they're starting to invest, you know. But if you start asking like, you know, people that are boomers, quote unquote, about NFTs or you know, the blockchain or something. It's a foreign concept still to them, right? I think I think AR and VR is more near near term in their minds. I mean you gotta think about it. everybody has an AR device in their pocket for the most part, right? If you're living in the first world, predominantly America, Europe, you know, parts of Southeast Asia, whatnot, your smartphone can do AR. You can and then you have all these young guns that are playing Pokemon Go and other things like that. So there's been a couple of aha moments and a couple of things with the way the technology has shifted and what's accessible to the end user to make it you know, more real and more you know, um, understandable.
0: Well, that's specifically what I wanted to ask about is the AR side. Forget the NFTs and, and the blockchain for minute. Sure. I completely agree with what you just said. So many people, not even like boomers, like people, my friends, right, like some of them who aren't looking at it, like they, they're like, all right, it's some word people throw around. We don't understand it. We don't care. There's a lot of people like that. But people have at least been – they've known – even if they don't understand it, they've known the term VR for years. Most yeah. people, right? Been around a, for a long time. A lot of people, if they didn't understand it, at least have heard the term AR and they know it's related some loose way Sure. To it. So you were working with that like early on and now when i'm talking about buzz i'm talking about these conversations with companies coming to you like do they actually does it occur to you that a lot of these a lot of clients a lot of people who are looking into it are just trying to get in on it because they they know that whatever however it's going to look the action's going to be there or is there a lot more of people are they see it, they understand like, oh, wait, we have product Y and we could sell it here through this other thing that people use to go into this universe where now suddenly we have a new customer
1: vertical. Yeah, I don't think, you know, not many people are thinking about it in that way. When you're thinking about enterprise today, they're thinking about AR and VR as tools to their business, whether it's like a production line or a trade show or, you know, training simulation things of that nature they're looking for things that they're already doing in their business that they could do better by using these technologies if you ask a lot of these organizations if they're thinking about selling their products in the metaverse there's only a few like you know like Nike and some of these bigger dogs that are like really forward thinking and betting long term Right and what's Nike how's Nike betting Right? Now? Oh my God, they bought a huge plot of land in like the metaverse they're they're, 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 they're hiring like wildfire for people to be able to, to build in these roles and what metaverse did they buy that? Uh, I believe it's Decentraland.
0: okay so not not metas no met, you can't buy
1: land in, in, in Facebook yeah they they're not, they're let not let trying happen. to sell they're, they're not even trying to do that right they're not even getting into that game right there's a lot of these sub communities that are selling land right doesn't
0: Um, that but wait hold on a second just so i don't miss that point if they're never going to get into that game they're not in it today doesn't that totally give them a competitive disadvantage i don't know i think you know a
1: lot of times you're going to have these places to be jump off points right and you're going to go into these other worlds you know they're basically a content ecosystem today right like if i think about what oculus is in the purest form it's a hardware company that's building top-line virtual reality hardware, right? Okay. And that, that that hardware allows you to gain access to curated experiences. Yes, it has access to a browser. You can go to the web. You can look at things. And eventually more spatial experiences will be browser-based. So you'll be able to get to all those things. But like, you know, they basically have curated a content ecosystem of games, productivity tools, yada, yada that really enable you know a user to to access some of the best you know experiences I think that's really really what it's been and what their focus has been right um, yeah, and they they have some of their own native apps that they are focused on, like venues that I was talking about, yeah, right. Like Horizon Workspaces, like you know, they've they've definitely built some of their own tools, but um, they've they've focused on a subsect of tools. They're not trying to build all the tools, and they they they've they focused on you know productivity and entertainment. But like, yeah, you know, they're not they haven't been looking to sell land in the metaverse. That hasn't been Facebook's mission objective, and they've never made no state. They've never made any statements about you know buy land in Facebook's metaverse or Meta's metaverse,
0: right? Um. But yeah, no. I don't know. This is really surprising for me to hear, just because I'm always very suspicious of Mark Zuckerberg. I, <laughs> As I, most people are. I assume that like there's a bigger game here and there's some sort of control. Uh, I mean he's not like the founder of MySpace, you know, the
1: guy came along, taught us all a little bit of coding. Shout you know, out he to never... MySpace Tom. <laughs> MySpace Tom, dude. Shout uh, out to
0: God, he what never, a throwback. Never
1: monetized anything or anybody.
0: Um, he did make money though he did 100% he sold
1: it and uh, who knows where he is enjoying life somewhere lucky guy <laughs> son of a veg. <laughs> I'm gonna
0: find him and get him in here yeah, I he, wanna talk to he's my the space guy's Tom. a legend total legend um so he's the opposite he's but the you, opposite. you can understand why the actions have said not so much for mark zuckerberg i mean there's a
1: reason why he's been dragged up to uh dc and yeah. had to go go through all his gamut of things the guy's spending his time you know influencing elections trying to decide the fate of the people right I, uh, it doesn't it doesn't leave much to trust right but like the truth of it is as, as
0: much as much bad as you want to look at like So my guy Horo hit me up this week, and for all the OG fans out there, you remember him from episode 17. But Horo is also the chief of staff over at 8sleep, who is a sponsor of the show. He was like, Julian, you had a couple sales last week. Usually we just get one once in a while because it's an expensive product, but I'm starting to think that we're breaking through on people realizing that you should probably have an 8sleep pod pro cover. I always tell you, you can use that link in my description along with the code Trendifier at checkout, that's T-R-E-N-D-I-F-I-E-R, to get $100 off your own 8Sleep Pod Pro cover. But I also tell you that the reason you should do this is because you will add hours to your sleep without adding hours to your sleep. That's because 8Sleep's Pod Pro cover goes right on top of your queen of king size mattress, you get to pick the size you want, and it ties right into 8Sleep's proprietary app to measure things like your body temperature, your sleep stages, which you and I don't understand, but that's real scientific thing and other things throughout the night including your heart rate to determine how you can get the best deepest sleep possible and therefore wake up with the most energy so once again use that link in my description along with the code trendfire at checkout that's t-r-e-n-d-i-f-i-e-r you can get a hundred dollars off your own eight sleep pod pro cover today and join the other listeners who are joining the party we love seeing that also supports the podcast so huge help thank you to all of you who have bought in
1: I remember Facebook being one of the, I think we were one of like the first 50 or 100 universities when it came out. And I was a freshman in college where it was just, you know, pictures, um, you know, adding friends, poking people, which today is like taboo. Don't, don't poke <laughs> I, anybody. Oh my God. I remember the pokes. <laughs> people proclaim all types of things you poked them these days. It was just innocent back then, right? Facebook was innocent, but you can't help but, you know, he has investors, right? There's a business to be run he's not the only one you know uh selling data or or, or collecting data true right you know there's uh, it, it's it's easy to single him out right and i'm not saying that you know mark Zuckerberg's the greatest guy like you know i mean you know i i i don't agree with everything he does but i think overwhelmingly he's made smart decisions as a businessman okay and like He's bought sure. some great assets along the way, whether it be Instagram, WhatsApp, Oculus. He's cornered a lot of the future of communication and you know uh, technology. And you know they, they you know they, they might get broken up. They might, they might break it all apart. But like you know, the truth of it is, I get why you, why you're gun shy about trusting Mark Zuckerberg. But, well,
0: I'm never gonna trust him. Yeah, but uh... like this, what you're saying to me, this is why this sounds weird, because this guy. I like how you just said, as a businessman, I agree with you. As a businessman, he's been very smart in in determining good assets to buy based on where the sure. volume of attention and needs are going to go. With with you need to monetize tech. those assets,
1: though.
0: He what? You need to monetize those assets. Yeah, absolutely, but now I'm looking at this one, which you would think same pattern, and it sounds like. Just to me, from the outside, it sounds like he's putting himself at a competitive disadvantage if he does not allow people to build and buy within that world the same way that they can in other worlds. Is he though? Because every time somebody buys an app in
1: the App Store, similar to what Apple did, he gets thirty percent, right, of of the app cost of the transaction, the digital transactions you make within. If they're
0: in his metaverse.
1: I mean, not quote unquote his metaverse. You're using his app store, right? Like similar how you would use on the iPhone app store, and it's what he says could be in the app store, and you know it's curated, and that that's basically it. Have you put out an Oculus ever? No. You should get one. Um, yeah. It just it's you know it basically you launch it, you you go to your home world. It's basically like your room. Right from there, you have a couple different options in the bottom. One is the the App Store. One is your app library. And that's Facebook's App one, Store. It, it's Oculus. But yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, one is your friends, so you can add your friends. You can message your friends. One is to go to the web and search the web, so you can just go browser based searching. But you know that's that's really it today, right? Um, and within that app store, you can buy all types of things, productivity tools, you can buy games, you can buy experiences, you can get to content, right. But like, you know, he's not selling, you know, place within that app store or, or priority or land or any of those things, right. They are, there are other ecosystems that are focused on building quote-unquote, environments of land, digital land that you can buy and transact to buy and then have people visit and whatnot, right? You know, he, that hasn't been his, oh, at least not openly, right, his charge so far.
0: Well, here's a question then. So you said Nike bought their big plot of land on Decentraland? I believe so. I think it's Decentraland. Okay. if that, Either way, it wasn't on whatever Meta's is. Could Meta set it up such that if you're using Oculus goggles you can't access to central end
1: Mm, that's that's um
0: that's too communist i don't think they'll ever do that Uh, okay so maybe i'm thinking of some of this wrong maybe because i listened to them talk about it and i took away that like they're trying to build the actual space too where people go and their metaverse is the one that people are in Maybe I'm slightly wrong about that, and what he's looking at is more when he talks about that, he's saying like the metaverse in general, but we want to build all the tools that people use. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it. Don't get me wrong, he's definitely
1: trying to, to to, I'm sure he'll get get into a place where he has, you know, environments and worlds and things that you could go around. I mean, if he sells land in his world, I'm not sure. I mean, it's never been something that's been offered to the public today, right? Um, but you know, I bet you'd go to Decentraland and you'd go go there, or you might go to Snoop Dogg's Little World or whatever it is, right? Yeah, he
0: just bought a big plot, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and then he broke it up, and he has all the other creators in there and whatnot, right? You might go to Snoop's Party. You might only be able to get to Snoop's Party if you have a bored ape. What do mm. you know, right? I mean, you know, there's, um, there's all types of paradigms that are coming, right? But the truth of it is, right, I don't think that anything's gonna limit you from acting Decentraland within there. I think you're gonna. Go to all different parts of the metaverse, you know, and you're going to experience different things. And you're going to live the reality that you want to
0: within those things, right? Have you, have you ever heard of this guy, Sean Pory, I think is how you pronounce his name. I've heard of him, but it rings a bell. He's like the Twitch guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I have a thread behind you. And I know we read this on a previous podcast, but it's a short thread, and I want to read it again because you're, you're going right into this territory. So this guy occasionally puts out like a, a thought dump theory on something that has a lot of attention. It sure? seems like he does it a couple times a year. I don't really know, but he got on my radar when he put out a thread about Clubhouse on March okay. 15th. And let me tell you, to a fucking T. I've never, been, I've never been a big Clubhouse user. So. That, I mean, we were early on. I had some concerns, but I was like, wow, great tool. And this guy was like, hey, obviously March 15th was turned out to be the top of the app. He's like, looks great. I'm rooting for him. I don't root against people, but here's all the reasons I think it's going to fail. And hypothetically. And nailed it. So he comes out with this thread on October 29th about the metaverse. And this was a much what shorter thread. But here's what it was. He goes, Hot take. Everyone is wrong about the metaverse. Here's my three-part theory. Part one. Everyone is wrong. Most people think the metaverse is a virtual place, like in the movie Ready Player One. A virtual world like Minecraft, Roblox, or like Zuck showed in the Facebook demo yesterday. But what if it's not a place? Part two. It's not a place. It's a time. A time? What the fuck? Yes, a moment in time. You know, in artificial intelligence, there's an idea of the quote-unquote singularity. It's a moment in time where AI becomes smarter than humans, the moment when artificial intelligence is greater than human intelligence. Part three, what it is. The metaverse is the moment in time where our digital life is worth more than just our physical life. This is not an overnight change or an invention by some Steve Jobs type. It's a gradual change that's been happening for 20 years, i.e. Web 1, Web 2. Yeah. And, well, end at Web 1 towards the front end of Web 2. Every important part of life is going digital. Work, from factories to laptops, boardrooms to Zooms. Friends, from neighbors to followers. Where do you find like-minded people? Twitter, Reddit, etc. Games, more people play Fortnite than basketball and football combined identity filters are the new makeup stories are your personal billboard to broadcast who you are what matters more what you look like in real life or what you look like on Instagram the pick on the left is what they see and it's the one that matters and I'll put that I put that in the corner last time we read this with Mitchell Alexamana but I'll put it in the corner again it's an Instagram influencer and she looks horrible on the left and uh-huh. horrible on the right and great on the left on Instagram everything goes digital your friends your job your identity and now with crypto your assets are online too bored apes of the new Rolex Fortnite skins of the new skinny jeans if everyone hangs out online all the time then your fixes need to be digital so if you play this forward another 10 to 20 years we will cross into the metaverse the moment in time where digital matters more to us than physical our attention used to be 99% on our physical environment TVs drop that to 85%, computers down to 70, phones 50. Our attention has been sucked from physical to digital, and where attention goes, energy flows. If 50% of our attention is on digital screen and 50% of our energy will will then go into our digital life. Today, it takes some effort to take out our phone from our pocket and look at it. Soon, some company will make smart glasses that sit in front of our eyes all day, which they've already been making for a long time. We will go from 50% attention to screens to 90% plus. That's the moment in time where the metaverse starts, because at that moment, our virtual life will become more important than our real life. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Like anything else, it's neither good nor bad. It's just a thing, a very different I, thing. I agree with him 100%, to be yeah. honest with you.
1: I think that we haven't had the aha moment where we have glasses or contacts that augment us 24 7. I think, like technology, it's as much and as productive as you use it, right? Like, mm. there's a lot of people that, that are you know, basically slaves to their phones or, or you know, social media. You know, I'm somebody who has uninstalled every social media app on his phone. Like, I've sat here with you, I haven't taken out my phone to, to look at it. You know, like, yeah, probably great things happening there, probably things I probably need to respond to. But, you know, I mean, I think, you know, the value of a relationship is the focus you give that person, or the conversation you have, and the mm. time you spend, right? And I think there's not enough Dude. value given to those things, and that's because that's societal thing, where society's going. But I agree with them, right? Like. It's gonna to start to blur the lines, right? The real world and the digital world are gonna bleed in a real way. And like even down to like what you know about somebody, who you know, what what the world looks like to you when you walk down the street, what so it's gonna change your perception of reality. It's also gonna have negative effects to mental course, health and yeah. all these different things, right? Um Yeah man, you know, I mean, I think I d I don't think he's wrong. I think twenty years is you know, when it really hits that tipping point, I think it's already in process. But we have the early adopters, right, that are that are really on this wave right now. And they're really experimenting with top technology. And then, you know, 20 years from now, people like me will be, you know,
0: what the, the equivalent of what boomers are today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which is scary to think about. I mean, I the way I took it, and I'm inferring this part, but he used like that 10 to 20-year timeline for the full crossover. I then extrapolate that in the way he's looking at it to 50 years beyond that. Not for what he's saying, but for a fuller timeline. And what I mean by that is, does that mean that we move to this as the metaverse, and then whatever's after the metaverse is the thing that's 50 years away, per se? And in that case, is the difference really... That's where it's the fucking matrix, and you're plugged into a machine and fucking, you know, 900 uh, you pounds. Mean, you, you mean your link? <laughs> well, they, well, that's fucking scary to say. But I'm saying, like, is that where, like, do we get there? And the metaverse is the thing where we just get used to integrating, walking around in the real world with, you know, the technological... I think, ad-
1: I think it's twofold. It's AR and VR, and it becomes a mixed reality, right? There's times where you'll be walking around the real world, and it will be augmenting your real world. There are times where you will be totally immersed. And Mm. I think the metaverse blurs both lines. In fact, I hate the term metaverse, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, I think it's just too broad and not specific enough and it's too lofty. It's Uh, three
0: syllables, too. They should have done better. (laughs) It's a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of work. The that every time, right? Metaverse. I mean, it rolls pretty well, (laughs) but it's it's long. No, but like, you know, I think that.
1: You know, I mean, we're going to have computers that are more integrated into our lives. These are the core of the computers that that have vision to them, right? Um,
0: When do we lose the phone?
1: I mean, you know, I I think it's akin to the metaverse adoption or the the AR-VR adoption curve, to be honest with you. Um, You know, it's crazy, right? Like, you start thinking about adoption curves, you think about, like, when I was a kid, right, and, and I'm a little bit older than you, like, you know, people are like, I'm never going to carry a computer around right. with me. This is crazy. Like, why Why would I have a computer on my back? Why do I need a computer? Five I don't years need later. One, I don't need one in my house. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the library, right? And then start shifting and then people start getting more connected to it. Mm-hmm. And like, it becomes more accessible, Right. And then, you know, you have people that have flip phones, even before the flip phone. You know, I remember my dad, he was in technology space too, but like, you know, driving in a sports car, he had one of those classic car phones. I don't know if you know what a car phone is. Oh, yeah. I remember right? I that from a when I was cord. like he, little. He whipped
0: that out. He'd talk on his car phone. And he'd click it <laughs> down. People, people would call him, right? And then People got... still had that when cell phones came out too. They did. Like, they, st- they would have both. It was kind of weird. It would. And like... Um, before there was the actual cell phone there was like
1: satellite phone there's all these types of things like gordon gecko phone yeah, yeah they just didn't have good enough bandwidth and whatever it is so you still like you needed the card phone to augment that right like to get more connected and those people were the geeks or like you know the futurist but um you know and today you you know you have people like my, my niece's generation is younger than me it's like she doesn't even need a laptop like you know she's typing on a screen and you know when when phones came out they're like You'll never type faster on a touch screen and on a phone than you will on a computer. Like, no, you do. Like, you type much faster on a t- phone now. But like, you know, some people don't. But like, it's, it's the adoption, the learning curve, and the younger generation—they they're, they're, make uh, the word for speech that you 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 were typing on Mavis Beacon in the '90s yeah. look Holy silly, shit. right? Shout you know, out Mavis.
0: It looks silly, yeah,
1: right? Like, but like, um, yeah, man. You know, I mean, and then like, you know, now everybody's using iPads or tablets, and they're not using laptops, and you know, they have their phone, or people can, can do their whole day of their whole workflow, never touching a computer, just working on a phone, right? And there are a lot of people that like, like, you know. Um, but you de- you deleted all your social media? I mean, I have accounts, I don't go on it. Every it's now always and then, I, I check Instagram, to be honest with you, because I do find a lot of cool shit on Instagram and a lot of stupid things, too. But, like, because, like, you know, I think. I think social media is the devil, to be honest with you. I don't like, disagree. Like, you know, they, they basically they're playing to your dopamine, right? And this whole cycle, right? Basically you're basically taking drugs. Like Every time you swipe up on TikTok, that's a hit. Oh, yeah. Right? And like, it's designed to addict people, right? But like, you're, you're, you're slaves to it because, one, you're not even looking at things you want. You're just like zombie scrolling. Right? The other thing is you're looking for social validation from people that don't they don't mean a damn to you. Like, I don't give a shit if they're like-minded or whatever it is. Those people mean nothing. They've never met them. They have no, you're not vested in my life. They, 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 they mean nothing. They literally mean nothing. They're, mm. you know, they're, they're part of the problem, to be honest with you. And you think you have influence. What influence? You have no influence. Those people are not going to save anybody for you or save you when you're hurting yourself or whatever it is.
0: Well, influence depending on what you define influence for. Yes. Right, so people, people influence culture by having a lot of attention on these things. There's yeah. a reason that the fucking island boys are out there, which is a disaster. I mean, they're 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 not nothing personal, but like that that's not an example you want. But it's a free society, and they're out there with their crazy fucking faces all fucked up and whatever that hair is, and people they get attention, and now they and here's the thing like they were incentivized to be crazy like that because other people on social media in other ways were crazy before them and monetized it. The jackass. Yeah. Right?
1: Um but you know the truth of it is like honestly like as fast as those things come they go and like to be honest with you True. Like there's no real value to that to be honest with you.
0: But at the same time You could have made that argument at the beginning of social media for, like, influence of things. And then we had an election determined, like, every election since 2008 mm, has been determined on it. It's not...
1: It's because of actually... it's not because of that man it's because of how the algorithm worked and what they were serving you right that that's sort of yeah. like it's a little bit different than that that is an engineer and a team a, a layered in of an algorithm that is determining what you would see that would influence you right yes. so that's but you not, have to see things yeah but it's not really you choosing that to some degree right like some of those things that you you, you saw like I, I think there's a lot of nonsense that went into that, to be honest with you. And there like, is. I, and like, there is. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, if you go to my social media, like, I'm not being served those things because I've never looked at those things, right? But, like, I'm being served other people are. Other people are. A lot of other people
0: are. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I and, think. And a lot of it's fake, right? And a lot of it's. It's fake, but it determines it then cause It's it's the causation of real actions in the real world. Yeah. It's psychological because you're, yes. you're fucking with people's minds. Yes. So I, that's what I'm saying. That's where that's where I'll disagree. It has significant cultural influence. I mean, you look at it. Obama was the first, quote-unquote, social media president because he used a brilliant – and, like, I think he would have won anyway. I mean, he, that was the easiest election so of all too. time. Yeah, people
1: like me on, on his trail – um, going door to door in places like Pennsylvania to get people to buy into him. Well before that, right? I mean,
0: he was following up arguably the most damaging presidency we ever had. Of course, like really, I don't he, know if you
1: could still claim that anymore. I
0: would a hundred percent claim that. Trump is a disaster of a guy when, when it comes to everything PR around it and then you can add policies ball. as well. Wrecking ball. Totally agree. Very damaging. He every did about sing- what he did to the, the, the Capitol. Every, like, and, and not exactly disagreeing. A, a riot. Not disagreeing. Every single thing that has occurred, every single thing, had prime causation in those eight Bush years. Foreign policy... Domestic policy, size of government, as far as like it, bureaucratic agency, constitutional sure. bias against the people, right? That when that's what I mean when I say size of government. The, the the oh my god, like the the financials, obviously, like it all happened under his watch, and we inflated the. Di- I mean, have you ever looked at George Bush's debt ceiling or whatever the fuck they call it? Go look at his next to Barack Obama, who I might add inherited,
1: inherited admitted, the
0: lowest it's ever been inherited a disaster of an economy and so he had to spend a lot of money and people were like oh my god obama spent so much money raised the debt ceiling obama's percentage raise of the debt ceiling i believe in his eight years and i'm gonna round these numbers with my photographic memory in my head but it was around 67 percent increase versus george bush's previous 119 percent increase and again he was the one spending the money in january february march april 2009 when shit was at the bottom so to put that in perspective like people will say like oh democrats spend a lot more money or whatever republicans are more conservative no, not in this case no, no. that's not how this went down so when i say like the damaging years and i know we got sidetracked here but I, it's an important cultural point that whole wealth gap split the fuck open from that sure. obama did what he could do to fix the financial crisis it was fucked though and like he didn't fix it and uh, frankly i i don't you think mean, he mortgaged
1: he was, the debt of the he mortgaged the future of others 100% i don't Kicked i don't think it down the road yeah
0: i don't think a human being really had an opportunity to fix it at that point it no, was, it was uh, this uh, had been
1: going yeah uh, not, not you know? fixable it, so it's, like, uh, like it's like manageable for that moment right and like but it's not fixable.
0: But he ran – the original point was he ran a brilliant – that was when Facebook was at its dawn sure. for, the, for the public. So oh six oh seven oh eight, which is when he was coming through. He ran a brilliant campaign on there. Was the Facebook first was guy. a very different ecosystem at that point. Very different on. ecosystem. But at the initial Facebook 1.0, he ran a brilliant campaign. And mm-hmm. that after that point forward, every political campaign in some way it had increased in use case. But – it use utilize social media more and more and more, and then by the time and we targeting got to, and ad spend
1: and yes. algorithms, you know, it's gotten increasingly more complicated, right? And, and you know, increasingly more, it can can force biases. It can do all types of things, right? You can manipulate that algorithm in in so many ways, right?
0: And manipulate the way content is packaged for sure. Like you look at how forget like the whole foreign governments. Basically creating dummy accounts and stuff and and hacking into our content in that way and our consumption. That's one issue The other issue is you look at how even in 2016 the two campaigns Ran their data and frankly Trump's team did a better job with this. It's part of the reason why they won They were able to utilize down to sentence and coloration Placement within one specific little microchip yeah. ad right? That's not really a term, but you know what I mean I like you. That, that changed the game between people feeling like they connected with this or connected with a sore spot versus it didn't. And so even if that's something that's played digitized – related to
1: human emotion in a very scientific yes, way.
0: Even if that's digitized in the sense that they set that up and they randomize it according to the algorithm and the data of the people, which they did. It's still a piece of content that's consumed on this platform that therefore then directly affects the top of the culture, the fucking Oval Office. You know? It did in this case, that's what people are trying to fix, but I don't know if it's fixable. And fixing's tough with that, and this is where I get worried about the centralization of the decentralized landscape because someone and, has and to be. Mark
1: control of it, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah,
0: I don't like how you're like you're, you're assuming the control of it. I don't like, I don't want anyone to have it. Yeah, I don't that's think that's what decentralization supposed to. Yes. Avoid.
1: But some of this is yet to be seen i mean you know i think uh there are there are people fighting for you know this to, to change and shift with the you know web3 and you know smart contracts and just the way the decentralized economy and ecosystem is growing but you know i mean you gotta you gotta out of the old at this point right and there's a lot of a lot of legacy that that's kind of baggage that's coming with it yes. to be honest with you
0: yes What is the whole... This was something I was going to bring up earlier. And then I started going into that other point. I was like, let's stick with it. But I want to go to the finishing ideology here. Like with Web3. What is the... I don't want to use the word endgame because no one knows that. But what... How do we balance the fact that Web3 is so focused on decentralization when... Decentralization is actually not convenient in certain ways. And I'll explain what I mean by that. With Web 1.0, as we said earlier, it was www.com, whatever.com. Web 2.0 said, here's the four or five places you go for different types of content. That'll then, everyone's a community there, and they'll bring in all the other places that you could go. So it's done for you and curated. Web 3.0 says, oh, we gave too much power to those platforms like the ideology of it is supposed to be let's give it all back to the people and the people have such and such dot eth and whatever all that shit is doesn't that then take this blockchain run web 3 decentralized world and give us the inconvenience again once again of web 1.0 where everyone's on their own individual node and therefore finding communities of people all in one place to share information now can't happen
1: it can happen and it will happen but new design paradigms for that, right? I mean, it's not going to be centralized, but there's going to be other facets of community, and different things that we're like-minded people gathering, and different ways to access things. How did, how would that work? And you think about like these different things, like you're going to Nike's going to have a space within the metaverse. What, what resources will they have, right? Certain brands will take and, and put a stake in the ground and have that, right? I mean, they're going to not be they're not going to be relegated to to being found in that manner but they'll have a presence, right? Um, I think some of these paradigms are yet to be seen, but I think that the decentralization, I mean, doesn't mean that it's not accessible. I think it's how you access it is different.
0: Hmm. It's actually a really succinct but solid answer. I know I'm going to listen to that a few times back when I go through this. Because, look, and I'm sitting here, I'm sitting across from an expert, but it, it doesn't matter who you are. There, There is, no matter how you crack this, there's, a fuck ton of unknown. Oh,
1: there always are. It always you're, is. You're, you're, you're talking about is.
0: emerging edge. There's nothing that's pre-built. You're
1: thinking about yep. things. If it was, then it'd be done. Right? Exactly. Everybody was building in it. Who, who, who was thinking about it? Who was a futurist around it, or, or experimenting of all these technologies we're talking about? You know, they're they're learning. You know, like expertise is. You know, I, I and being an expert is subjective, in my opinion, in this space, right? There, the, mm. everybody here. It, well, if you're, you're a student of technology and what you're doing and playing of emerging technology, you're a learner. You're you're a builder. You're, nothing's ready-made, right? And like, we we together as the people who are working in the metaverse here, are designing what are those interaction layers, what what are those commerce layers of it, right? what what? what how does it tie to the chain? Like, how does it create value? like you know all these things are are so open-ended today like and you know i think that there are things that people are still trying to figure out but you know it's our job as and and our job to be ethical when we do it right and to Mm. to think about it to apply ethics to build for the people um and you know don't get me wrong to do this is is for profit also right like it's always for profit like we're 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 a capitalist company everything is and we're a capitalist country right like just the, it, it's it's about like you know empathy and ethics and thinking about how you're gonna build things that are, are for people and serve sort of value and create value for those people, right? Um, yeah, man. I I think that there's a lot of unknowns and there's gonna continue to be unknowns. It's always gonna be when you're playing with the bleeding edge, right? You know, and like yeah, you're gonna have to continue to be learners, builders, and doers,
0: right? How do you separate the two for yourself though because like as you've said if you allow social media is toxic it's it grabs you it's the hit of dopamine and all that what makes you know the cynic would listen to that and say well this is the guy one of the dudes now working on building the next facet of things here working on building things in the metaverse moving to moving us towards the vr ar world what makes that so different from a humanity effect to you because I think if you design empathy and ethics, it can be different. And Social media didn't
1: have to be that way, right? It's, it's always got to be sticky. You want people to come back. You want people to keep using it. But it's got to add value, right? Mm. And value is defined as for the people, right? And for your users. In, in the sense of like social media today, value is defined by for profit, right? And, and don't get me wrong. Profit's important. But like they're giving you that hit of dopamine, not because it's benefiting you, because it's benefiting them,
0: Don't you think in a free market, though, because I like how you look at that. I agree with you. I think that's the way to do it. But don't you think in a free market there's going to be enough people, even if it's not many, but I'll say it's probably going to be a lot, who don't think like you. There's a lot of people that don't think like me. They're going
1: to continue to think that way.
0: And so you're going to sit there and sacrifice some profits to build with empathy and ethics, and other people are going to come in, and they're going to build the next iteration of social media. Without a doubt. There's
1: definitely going to be layers of that you know it's, it's about us, us the people giving them the power if we continue to use it right i mean to we me get addicted. i, I, I look yeah, i mean i'm not you're but, not but a lot but you you would agree agree a power, lot of yeah. people are like to be honest with you, I still have a Facebook account. I have a TikTok account. I was curious. I downloaded TikTok. I went on there, you know And, and for, for first, like you know, I got a person. I cut her up and I was like, "What the fuck am I doing? This shit is nonsense." Like, who gives a shit that that person's doing a dance or what? What is that gonna do to me? How is that gonna benefit me or my children or my family? Like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, you know, this is silly. It's literally silly. You're you're sitting there watching people being like showing you silly things that are not doing anything. I mean, you can get some content. Don't get me wrong. I've been on TikTok before, and I I've gone through and like I've I, I followed some guys who did real estate. I got a lot of cool information on real estate investing, right? And there's some some things in there. Even on Instagram, you can find great content in there. You can but most sure. people are not following that because the the algorithm doesn't optimize for that for you, right? They optimize for the things that
0: are going to keep coming back, right? The Whether, things that require the least number of brain cells to consume, but get that rush of dopamine. Correct. Whether it's looking at somebody that's
1: beautiful, that that entices you to want to look at more of it, or you know whatever it is, like you know it's 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 the algorithm feeding you those things, right? And it's also what you search and what you follow. They're going to optimize towards it, right? If you follow positive news and this things, they're going to serve you more of it, right? But like. It's also the, it's a time sink, right? To be honest with you, beyond the content on there, it's like if you think about your time and how much time you have in a day, and, and what's the value of your currency of your time and your attention, mm. is, is that doing that for you, right? Most people are content making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and you know, you know, being being middle of the wrong, and you know, it's true, it's going to be that way.
0: Even if they're not, they convince themselves through the lens of their complaints that like, this is just how it is. They accept it's it. It's not just how it is though.
1: They're, they're accepting it. It's not. Yes. If they took that, that uh, two hours a day that they were scrolling on social media and applied it to to exactly. self-learning, yes, they would be a hell of a lot better.
0: And that's, and that's the th- like, they don't take, for whatever reason, a lot of people don't take that step. Like oh, they yeah. don't, they don't think of it. They don't get addicted. to the point where they, yes.
1: They're addicted yes. to all these other things, whether it's partying or going online, whatever it is, right? Like, B- human nature is as such, right? What? Are, is, human nature is such. Humans are naturally ad- have addictive personalities for the most part, right? And, and, you know, they play towards their weakness. Yes. Right? Weakness is comfort. Weakness is comfort. And, and the truth of it is, big business is going to play to that too because it's for profit.
0: Yeah, you understand this well. I, I don't. I, I can't disagree with any of that. I worry about it though. Sure. You know, I think, I think you see, and I could be putting words in your mouth here, so please correct me if I'm wrong. I think you seem a little more, I mean, I am too, but you seem like a little more resigned to it and focused on, hey, your lane, you're going to do what you do and do it for the right reasons, and that's all you can control, and then we'll go from there. And I respect that. It's just. You can't change and fix everybody. You're one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're one guy, you know? Like these, the, the number of people. Empathy and ethics—they may put that on their headline, but that's not how they're building
1: it. <laughs> it's buzzwords. It feels good yeah. to say. No, man. You know, honestly, I, I, I came up through a family that is Hindu. I went to Quaker school. Went to uh, Quaker school. Yeah. Fr- shout out Friends Academy and Friends. The Friends schools all over. I mean, my kids go there today. Um, you know.
0: I went to a Friends school in like first grade. You second did? grade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's different. It's different. I mean, yeah.
1: uh, you know, and like the, 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 the don't get me wrong. They understand that, you know, you are here to better yourself, better others, but there's a way to do it without hurting others.
0: Yes. Yes. That's, like, the whole ideology of it, I think. To a degree. I don't know. I don't remember it that well. <laughs> But But, like, when did... Did your parents come here? Did your grandparents come my here? My parents came here. My dad From came India. here. From India. No, my dad
1: was uh born in jakarta indonesia Mm. he lived in india for a very small small part of his life god damn it chaz motherfucker! and then he he moved to singapore (laughs) my mom is born and raised in singapore they met there my dad chose to move to america brought my mom with him they had me and my siblings and how many siblings yeah i have an elder sister an elder brother and i'm the youngest of three and your brother's the one who works with you yeah right yeah we said that he's um He's been coding since he was eleven. Boy, smart.
0: And what what did what did your dad do again when you were here, or when, when he came here? You know, he
1: uh, built novelty electronics. He started an import export, and then he specialized further. So I don't know if you've seen like Mickey Mouse telephones or Jeep boom boxes. No or, shit, yeah. Or the duck phone. All those novelty things. He made phones, desk light, uh, lamps, night nightlights, um, all kinds of it. But they were all licensed, and you know. Branded, and he was that his own business. It was his own business. Wow! So he he basically got me and my brother to be more business minded. I've never been the technologist, like like um like an engineer, I should say. He had both,
0: obviously. Yeah, he
1: was he, he was a he had engineering I, I, I behind him, and you know business smart. I, I I'm savvy. I I can read a crowd. I can read a room. I can retain knowledge and apply knowledge and i understand business quite well i'd say
0: you're fast but i'm not very fast. i'm not
1: i'm not like i can't code i'm not building that way you know and you know i say today i know enough to be dangerous but like i'm fortunate to be in the position i am because i'm the younger brother of my older brother ash and you know ash is Tech. But he's tech he's always he's always taught me things right. he's always been like yo look at this think about this like this is how this works right and he he has an interest and a passion and you know he has yin and yang he has ability to understand and apply from that level right and he's also very business savvy to be honest with you um you know but i guess it's you know, just, I just have a good big brother who, who who definitely understands how to build product and how to design product and how to how to use technology to enrich things. And, you know, I mean, I've learned a lot from him and like, you know, I, I've learned a lot from, from just being around technology my
0: whole life. It's very cool that you two got to build something together. And now you guys are building this company together that you guys became a part of. And, and- the
1: leadership of this company is also very good, right? Like uh, the chairman and CEO, I mean, he, uh, he has a vision. Right? And like, he's enabled us to continue to build in this trajectory. Like, you know, he has a vision for where, what role XR, collective AR, VR plays in here and... and Did and
0: he have that in place before you came there? In, yeah, in he definitely was it? thinking about it. Yeah. He
1: was definitely already brewing in his mind, you know, I mean, acquiring us was definitely helping him to, to move towards that in some yeah. of the technology goals. Um, But yeah, he, he definitely wasn't... He, he was already thinking about these things. He wasn't doing it, but he was definitely thinking about it and it was just like, you know, power you know uh, numbers right strength strength of strength of like-minded people that are trying to solve problems in these ways and like you know i mean sometimes i think you know i mean there's a lot there's a lot to be desired still in these worlds right there's a lot to be built and there's a lot to be learned what do you mean desired though i feel like we're all thinking about it Mm -hmm. we're all looking to solve different things but i think as a user right there's a lot of opportunity in that
0: way okay yeah because in looking and building it, like obviously you're you're a fantastic businessman, but the thing that strikes me talking to you for the first time today and going through this, obviously Chaz told me a lot about you for a long time. But the thing that strikes me is the visionary concept. You understand very much how to see the application of not just how, but why people are going to make certain decisions as a user of X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. And so that integrates in something like what you do when you're doing business and you're not necessarily the engineer, but understanding what goes into that, at least, if you can't do it yourself, your brother does it, other people around you do it, understanding then how that moves to the people who are going to adopt it. Like you You have a very good knack for that. And one of my favorite topics around adoption of anything like in history is the concept of how you simplify it because that's that's the only way things get adopted it's gotta be easy yes your your grandma was able now it's more complex but your grandma was able to eventually get on facebook because once she realized she just put in her email and you know put in her name and then had her pictures a profile picture it's like okay You know, there's a lot of things she's going to ask about, but it's self-explanatory she can get in there herself. You know, the the iPhone, I love the example you used earlier in another context where you were talking about, I think maybe you were talking about your dad or something or or your grandfather or something like that, where it's like, I'm not going to have a laptop back in the day, where they then five years later did. iPhone, same thing. You know, I remember my grandparents being like, I'm never going to have a smartphone like that. Five years later, it's in their hand because the concept of, It had, at the time, the home button, obviously. You hit that button after it's on. Boom, you have a main screen. There's a few squares. You move your finger like this, and you click one of them, and it moves around the screens, and that's it. Now you're connected to the internet. Like, they can get that. So when I look at – like, I'm not even going to go to crypto. I want to stay with the metaverse and AR and VR. When I look at this stuff, my biggest question is how – what's – what the work right now in the industry from guys like you and many others – Is such that we can make it more understandable, right? Because like we hear all the different things you're explaining today. I mean, if people are listening to this, it's like holy shit! You know, you're a textbook of information here. But a lot of us, including myself, for for some of it, it's like, wait, how does that work? What is that? How do I get access to that? Oh, I got to do this.
1: We haven't seen that aha moment of VR VR yet. You haven't met the device that does that. Like you know, you haven't met the iPhone yet of that generation. There will be one. And it'll become easier. It'll feel just like your glasses. You just put it on your face in the morning, and, you know, it's like uh, there'll be commands, uh, the, uh, voice commands to trigger things. You know, you have certain preferences. You might you might be walking down the street, and you're looking for a slice of pizza in New York City, and you're, you're like, yeah, hey, where's the best pizza? I tell you five different ones. You're like, oh, let's go to that one. Wrap me there. Show up there, and it's like, oh, I have this coupon for you. Would you like to apply it? Sure. You don't even take out your wallet. It knows that you're there. Transact mobile payments, you know, take your phone out, pay for it, eat your pizza, you walk on your merry way, you're walking down the street. Maybe it knows that you've been shopping for, you know, a new purse or a new backpack or whatever it is. It's like, oh, you should go in here. They're having sales on these things or they have your favorite brand, you know, and it's like, okay. And it's like, oh, you have this call right now. Take this call. You do that. You know, it's like it, it's just going to be more connected. But like it, it, and the, the hardware is going to get sleeker and cleaner. But, you know, the problem today is that, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit cumbersome. It's a little bit clunky. It doesn't look cool. People have social phobia about putting something on there or not looking right or, or doing yeah. it wrong. Or Do
0: you worry about that with the glasses? No. No, you think people are just gonna put it on? Yeah, I think so. And when, it, when it's the right design, it looks good. That's what I'm saying. Like how close? Because I mean, they got like Luxottica on it. I mean, like they're they're bringing out the head anchos here, creating like cool looking shit. you yeah, but... yeah, yeah. there a company called North by Focals that that I think Google bought, and they look
1: like you know beautiful Warby Parker glasses, and that AR built into them.
0: the on- The only thing is, and now I'm thinking overly simplistically, but I like I like to do this just to try to picture it, like with a phone. You know it's inconvenient. You got to take it out. You got to unlock it. You got to compare sure. compared to future tech, right? But you can put it away. It's in your pocket. It's you could, down lower on yeah, your but body. You don't have to have it giving you information all the time. That you exactly. Can, you could. You no, know, I'm talking about the glasses too. Put on, but glasses still like you wear glasses, right? I've never worn glasses in my life. I wear sunglasses, but I don't wear sunglasses indoors. I take them off, right? Like. I may not want to have them on. And then where sure. do you put them? And, and is it convenient to have something touching your face that you don't want to touch your face? Or do you just get used to it like you did because you had to do it for it your be, vision? It might be other
1: devices, right? You have glasses. Some people might have contacts. They're making smart contacts already that work with glasses. Um, it could be built into a hat maybe and, and have devices that will help project out from the hat. You know, they could be other accessories that start you know, blurring the lines. It's not always just going to be
0: glasses. Glasses are just the tipping point and the starting point. And, and there's a couple, there's a f- several different companies developing glasses. Yeah. Right? A lot. The one I mentioned, I guess that was, I can't remember if that was Facebook or Apple had that partnership. I think it was Facebook with Luxotica. I'm not sure. Maybe it was Google. It was one of them. No, but, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So there's several
1: that are. a lot of people trying to tackle this for sure. I mean, it's been people have been trying to tackle this for a while, right? It was the Google Glass a while ago. You know, people were being made fun of when they're in New York City being called glass Holes because they would be riding on the street. Glass <laughs> holes? Yeah. Glass holes. Um, Oh my god. Uh, you know, there there there's all types of communities out there that have been bred and brewed through the the revolution, right, of these devices. Then, you know, I think um, consumption is going to become easier. Devices are gonna become sleeker. Um, you know, they're not all gonna be glasses. I think glasses are just the you know, the the low
0: hanging fruit. What's the coolest thing or idea that's being developed within VR and AR right now that no one's talking about? And like yeah, I think there's some cool things we're doing, but
1: I can't talk about it. Okay, besides (laughs) what
0: besides what you're doing. I'm saying like general products or like ideas that aren't what Sumtrucks is doing. But, I mean, you know, you can tell us all if you want.
1: Uh, no, I can't. I won't either. tell anyone except all the
0: people listening to this.
1: Um, no. Um, what do I think is cool? I I, I do like um, that company I mentioned, Masterpiece Studio, that we're invested in. I think revolutionizing the way people create 3D assets for 3D, in 3D, is a big problem. Yes. That is worth solving. I think that's really, really cool. Um, You know, I think... Um, yeah man i mean you know there's a lot of a lot of silly things out there not a lot of things that add value or solve real problems right there's some other tools that i like there's a tool called nota that's like um you know you can create mind maps it's silly it's not like something- is that
0: its own company yeah it is a
1: small company they're tiny but like you know i enjoy it to create mind maps i think they're cool
0: what's a mind map
1: um you know when you create like flow diagrams and you know it's like you know i don't know how to define it basically you could put circles and arrows and put text within them and create these three-dimensional spatial mind maps right um that allow you to like you know um articulate ideas or solutions in like you know more linear ways using these things it's very simple actually when you look at it but it's quite cool
0: i hope so yeah Yeah. it sounds kind of
1: wild it is wild um no, I think some people are saying uh, solving the challenges of data. So you imagine not looking at data in 2D, but looking at data in 3D and immersion. I think that's really cool. I've seen some companies doing that. That I thought really gnarly. There's some cool games out there too. I enjoy playing them.
0: Well, well what's the tie to? Because like everyone always talks about like in NFTs, play to earn gaming. And obviously, you can look at the bootloader, a major bootloader, one of them to the quote-unquote metaverse as what we talked about earlier, like the video game generation and how they got more and more real as as the innovation of graphics went on and those worlds became first person and, sure. and such and such. But like how much of the next layer are the big gamers? Like like I don't game they, they, like they, how they, much of they are the catalyst are they, of they gonna have.
1: They were the catalyst of VR, man. Like the reason why VR is is gotten adoption the way it is. Like up front it was the gaming community. Um how much of an advantage they have? I mean, they they have inherently a better knowledge of how to use the device and the tools, right? So they have a leg up there. Um, yeah, and I think you know, like obviously, like we said, you know, the world, world, physical and digital world start to blur, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're gonna they're gonna have some advantages there
0: too. Gaming's not all that bad. <laughs> no, it, it it's not. It's just I don't know, like. When you look at some of the, the negatives associated with those communities, which I don't like to look at, I, I think it's pretty cool what video games have become. Actually, you know, like people but, said it, like, a lot of negatives associated with attention disorder. Yes. So
1: like, it's all fake. It's all bullshit. There's been a lot of studies that came out. that like Really? Yeah, there's nothing. To...
0: But what about, like, I guess this is kind of like a lost cause anyway, but, like, interpersonal communication and stuff like that.
1: Uh, I, I beg to think that that's even beyond the the gamification oh 100 percent i think yes. social media fucked that for everybody yes
0: yes it is more than just gamification to
1: be honest with you i think we'll see a, a level of growth in that for a lot of people because you can be anything you want to be right so you're you're comfortable and you're, you're you can, you can be, look how you want to look look how you want mm. to look you can be you can be you can be whatever character you want to be you can be out of this world so if i want
0: to have an 18 inch dick in the metaverse i could have it you could theoretically hypothetically Mm-mm. walk around with some new confidence
1: <laughs> it's crazy shit <laughs> no but this is this people have a lot more confidence right you, they could have like they could be living like in a, a, a 400 square foot studio well all of a sudden you know they have this mansion in the metaverse right and they're throwing mansion parties and like whatever it is right like I mean that's a silly example but like this is the truth right? but they gotta
0: be able to buy that I mean yeah depends on what in what metaverse there's some places where land is cheap but do then if, if land is cheap in a metaverse is that because there's no user base there so people aren't there so they can have their mansion to themselves and no one else is fucking there yeah but you can invite people there you can do all types of things but are people going to why you are people going to be place, incentivized to come there versus places, leaving another you metaverse
1: a, you're, it's literally just you know you're not walking physically it's not like driving like I, I know here. that but it's your attention is somewhere else sure but like you, you met that person Right And like, you know, he presented himself as something else and he could be anything he wants to be and
0: you find it cool, you you can go hang out with him, right? And like, you start so to most see- people aren't going to find those people cool. You don't the ones know you're talking them. about are like at, the stereotypical example of what you just gave is is the the person who has no friends and they, but they buy this mansion. But maybe he doesn't metaverse. have friends because
1: he has lack of confidence because he, he, in real life, he doesn't look a certain way or he doesn't behave a certain way. Lack of confidence is true to so many different factors. Agreed. Right?
0: Yeah. And, and now it's, uh, it's not the real world. You can find your community a lot easier, right? You can. It just seems like there's no. It's <coughs> exponential, in a bad way. Like everyone will just build. They'll be incentivized to go build in their own spot. And just like there's, I don't know how many websites there are in the world, but there's fucking millions of them, billions millions. of them, right? Just like there's billions of websites, doesn't mean that fucking whatever. Bup, 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 dot com. Anyone's going there. So now, suddenly, people are going to go there because a guy who's ugly in the real world decides to make him just like everyone else who's now good-looking in the metaverse. He makes himself good-looking and gives himself this big plot of land and Bumblefuck Community X, and now he's going to invite people there, and they're going to be incentivized to come? You see that, why that's... That's
1: the promise, though. That's, uh, that's one of the big value promises. You can be anything you want to be in the metaverse, and you could,
0: you could have any experience you want to have, and like... But with real... You're saying, you're saying that real people in the metaverse are going to come to that guy's party when there's a billion other parties like it, potentially, under this scenario. Sure, maybe. So no, or so you might find like-minded people like him. So statistically, a lot of these parties are going to be empty, and someone's now just going to be empty in the fucking fake metaverse where they're good-looking <laughs> and no one can look at them in a big house that they can't even be in, but no one else is even going to be there in the metaverse itself, and ha- they're in square fucking gonna, zero. That's going to happen as well. See, that's where I'm like, mm, that's not going to have a value to it. It may not. And things will level like anything else. But these are what,
1: what, what some people are like in their minds and they're theorizing, right? Yeah. And this is what they they see as the inherent value. Yeah, look, if there's people there, I mean, values it, it's, there. it's the same thing like social media, right? You saw that thing of that girl, you showed it to me two seconds ago. She looks beautiful in one picture, yeah. right? But you're like, you talk to the most people are her followers. Yeah. And that's why she has such a big following.
0: Yeah, it's a bootloader no There'll doubt be a lot about of that. it no doubt about it what about countries though countries are adopting these things uh, there's like uh there's uh several countries
1: that are like committing to these things they're building embassies in the metaverse they're doing all types of things
0: what what uh, yeah. who's doing that i can't remember i can look it up i'll look it up right now keep talking yeah. explain what you mean so there it's obviously in specific metaverse i say metaverse i by the way that's my plural but it's in specific metaverse i where maybe it's decentraland sure yeah saudi arabia is building an embassy there, there, there are countries building embassies
1: in there you know that straight up like yeah i can't remember like they're, they're they were proud to be like we're the first country building an embassy in the metaverse or you know um, you're gonna see more of that and then you're gonna be able to go to that embassy rather than having to go to physical embassy. Or can they arrest you in the metaverse? Maybe. Maybe they haven't got to that yet. They might arrest you for things you do in the
0: metaverse. They might be still. And that's that's where it gets real. This is where it just gets like. Boo! down the chute from barbados. anywhere like, i don't know what this looks <laughs> yeah. Bar- barbados barbados getting on the map out here barbados to become first sovereign nation with an embassy in the metaverse the caribbean nation is working with multiple metaverse companies to establish digital sovereign land i'll just read the first couple paragraphs here and what could be seen as a historic step toward the legitimization of the metaverse the island of barbados Sorry, I lost my spot. The island of nation of Barbados is preparing to legally declare digital real estate sovereign land with the establishment of a metaverse embassy. The Barbadian Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade signed an agreement on Sunday with Decentraland. That's where they did it. Among the largest and most popular crypto powered digital worlds for the establishment of a digital embassy. Per a press release provided to Coindesk, the government is also finalizing agreements with Somnium, Space, Superworld, and other metaverse Other metaverse. So the various projects will be assisting with identifying and purchasing land, architecting the virtual embassies and consulates. Oh, we're going to consulates already too. Developing facilities to provide services such as e-visas e- and constructing a teleporter that will allow users to transport their avatars between the various yeah, Other countries doing this too. I get I, I'm not sure which one, but there, there have been a couple of announcements. I'll find since. it after. But so, all right. The EVs is thing. Perfect place to go. So they're going to now create borders in the metaverse. Possible. And now it's going to be like – we talk about like our border here and people fight over who gets across or who doesn't. Now, everything is going to be virtual, so no one gets across a border if they don't have access. It's like the, a video
1: the, the, game. 100%. I think in the context of the e-visa that they're talking about, is like rather than you having to go get a visa in real life, you can get an e-visa, and then you can use that to travel to actually Barbados. You know, like services.
0: Like to the physical Barbados. Physical.
1: They're trying to make convenience. Accessibility.
0: Are they going to have to make... In this case let's stay with their example a virtual actual barbados too like is that where we're headed no it's going to stay physical
1: yeah i mean they could if they wanted to as a tourist type thing or something to prime people to want to come visit
0: how close are we to the haptics end of this
1: oh it's it's a while out it's very clunky right now
0: when you say a while out 15 years 20 years 15 20 years that's not that long Dude, September 11th was 20 years ago. Huh. 20 and a half years ago. Time goes quick, but in you know, the grand scheme, you know, like it's a fair amount of time. So when we get to haptics, that's where I'm like, why have to physically get on a plane and go to the Barbados and spend take eight hours away from one day for all the travel and back and forth that you have to do going to the airport and everything? When you can just have haptics and you can swim in the fucking waves.
1: Yeah, it could feel like it, but it's never going to be the same, to be honest with you. You think it will
0: never be the same?
1: I just, uh, you know, I'm a sucker for those things. Like, you know, I... I, I grew, hope you're right. I grew up and, and there's a lot of people who will never make it to Barbados. You understand? Yes. That would be cool, right? They could do that. But I've been fortunate to travel a lot of the world and like, yeah, the soft sand, the water, the food, the people, I don't know, just something about the, fa- the real thing.
0: So you and I understand that because you and I are... I guess you're at the front end of millennials, I'm at the back end of millennials, but we're millennials. And so we knew what it was like to live in the non-internet run social media world, even if I was like really young. I remember it clearly. So we still have that experience. The kids that were born after us, though... Boo. You brought a book into the car, you read it, you watched, yeah. you
1: looked at the trees as you were driving by, you played board games, your friends
0: came over, you shot hoops, you rode your bike around, right? These kids don't they don't know that world. They know the world where the phones in their hand. Uh, so who's to say that what you're just saying right there, I mean it won't die with it, it or it won't die immediately, but it will die with us if we die. We might be immortal might be the immortal <laughs> i
1: don't know
0: i think about people and what you do
1: right like my kids love youtube though i can't say they don't they they love their ipad and their youtube but it, it, you know i make them do different things they take gymnastics they you know they play outside they go to the beach they you know they swim in the pool like you know we make sure of those things right and i think it's exposure and, and how you how, nurture nature
0: right yes how many parents really make sure of that stuff, though? How many parents are actually good parents, too? There's certainly a select that aren't. You know, how many of those kids, then even if you're instilling that, are just going to be like, eh, you know, and not do that for their kids because it's not as native to them. Maybe. Possible. <sighs> gets weird thinking We're about that. going to a
1: zombie culture.
0: We're going to a zombie culture. And I can point to you if it happens. <laughs> this is one of the guys that did it. It's I, just I maybe contributed. Look, I, I like to be very positive about stuff, and I also love technology. I, I think, you know, up to this point in history, it's actually been it's valuable. Of course, it's been far more valuable than not than having detractions. And that's why we keep investing in it, right? Yes,
1: because it, you know, as I said, it's like how how you use things, right? Like even like when I was giving me social media, for example. Whilst I don't love social media, you know, what you give is what you get. Right, of anything. And there's always going to be people that are looking to use the system for profit, right? But, like, if we ourselves, as the end user, are not smart enough to be able to be like, this is benefiting me or not benefiting me,
0: then it's on you to some degree, right? And so it will be because statistically, once again, that's going to be most people. And so it's a foregone conclusion that the benefit is going to be based on whoever the profit winner is versus what is the best human, best for humanity experience and what good versus not good could be Sure. Done. Correct. It's very hard to say something like that. Here you say, sure, correct, which I knew was going to be your answer and feel positive about it.
1: I mean, you know, I still feel positive about it because I know there's value in the technology if used correctly. If used
0: correctly, like anything. If so, example in China, their TikTok version, they and this is where you know I, I don't like communism at all. I fucking hate it, and I think it's a horrible ideology. I think that they, you know, they. They do horrible things over there and, and what their government does to their people is completely unfair to the people. But this is one of the places where having a little communist power actually may help for some, <laughs> for some positivity in, in the rearing of your youngest generation wherein they, they curate what their kids can watch like in the country on TikTok, on their TikTok, whatever it's yeah, called. But it's
1: up to a parent to cure what their kids can watch too, right? You can set, you can set all types of permissions and stuff.
0: But I'm saying in China, they that's not the, even the case. Does it. The government does it, and so the kids aren't on there after ten o'clock at night or something like that. 10, 11 o'clock at night, and it's educational content. It's like positive, like using those fifteen to sixty second blurbs for positive reinforcement of things that are go- going to allow them to then use skills in the world versus just the oh, who has the best titties today. Right, like that, we let that happen. It's the joke, but we do in our free society, which again wouldn't trade that for the world. This is one of the places where we get hurt because our free society says it's on the parents, and a lot of parents they're busy with their lives; they're not looking at their kid, looking at the fucking phone. And so, what are the kids looking at? They're not learning about fucking math on there. That's true.
1: Very true. I mean, it's up to it's up to you, the individual, to have that impact on your family or your, your whatever as as the elder statesman or as the leader of the group or whatever it is it's up to you to make those decisions right and hopefully influence people or your family for positive right um you know there going to be so much regulation that the government can do especially in a capitalistic society yes. like america it's just not it's not realistic to think that that's not going to be the case
0: do you worry about as we're both americans sitting here do you worry about the, what's the term I'm looking for? <sighs> Suffice it to say, since World War II, especially America's been like the world power or whatever. And, you know, I think it's cool to be able to know that. We live free and do our thing and can create and there's been aspects even as it's gotten harder, the American dream exists, it's a beautiful thing. We have we're a country made up of people from around the world who have come here in previous generations and continue to do that. That's all awesome. But you know, things end. And do you worry that because of the <laughs> because of the lack of control over the development of technology and now the universe i that we're creating in technology that that is going to directly lead to America no longer having no longer making its choice of its positioning in the world. Yes, but there's
1: supposed to be safeguards to that, right? Like, you know, we see things go wrong. Hold the mic
0: in just a little bit. So there's supposed to be safeguards to
1: that, right? Like, even if we saw what happened in the last election, right? And now they're trying to uh, get to the root of that, try to make sure organizations are ethical and respecting things like that and not causing bad influence in those things. You know, there's always like, you know, there's always um, a path and a body to, you know, regulate and things of that nature. I think that you got to let it be free
0: unless it presents a problem. Right. And that's what I worry about because someone has to decide. Someone has to decide, like it's a government or it's the quasi-government, it's platforms. And then you get groupthink of people deciding that, no, this is the way things go, and inevitably you get – yes, that can root out a lot of negativity. I I don't disagree with that, but it never stops there, and then it gets out of control, and it leads to a synonymous ideological – thought process across society because if you don't think along you know the whole wrong thing versus right think type thing if if you have ideas that don't submit to what has been termed as acceptable you may have a perfectly seemingly acceptable idea it's not something bad or like misinformation or stuff like that and now it's not because it has been legislated as such i worry about that That definitely does happen i mean that's what they do in china yeah for sure
1: do we avoid that here, though? I think so. I mean, we're a democracy, a capitalistic democracy, unless we change some of the, the core tenements of what, what we are as a, a people and a country. You know, there's going to be places in the world that, that continue to legislate that, right? Yes. And people that don't like this, then, you know, they may not they may not stick around to, to see what, what transcends in, in, in these parts of the world that are free, right? They may yeah. want things that are more regulated. But, you know, I think... It's just too core to what America is and, and and what we are as a people, to 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 you know to, to regulate it. But but there are safeguards in place to should something get out of
0: hand. I hope you're right. I I, I think I I think I still think we have some of that. And when we're going through situations where there's massive social changes happening, I think from anyone, whether it's me or a lot of other people who think about this stuff, I think there's always such a cause for, oh my god, what are we doing? And I try to pull myself back to like, okay, not good, that's okay, not good, and separate it out and move some of the noise. It's never fully here or fully there. But you know, you got to be careful with certain slippery slopes where things are taken and they're not given back. And you know, as we move to something that's fully or whatever it's going to be like significantly virtual beyond what we're used to right now in web and in web 2.0 you know do those safeguards continue to be stripped more and more i don't know i'm not 100% sure myself either
1: but you know this theories like i think um, i think that'll even out i really do i think that you know it's not going to go too far I think that, you know, obviously we as a people need to police ourselves and police each other and, you know, as I told you, be ethical, Yeah. but like, you know, you know, and I think that um, ecosystems have tools for that to, to sort of prevent and protect, and then, you know, beyond the ecosystems, you know, then you have institutions and, and bodies of the government that, you know, have the ability to step in should it need, but, you know, I think the hope is that, you know, the self-policing within certain communities or certain behaviors would take action there first
0: right yeah i I hope so too i i think you know there's always always find something that could have aspects of it go wrong but what's the bet what's the least worst scenario frankly that's that's the way to look at it and we've built a good history as a country building off that type of scenario what's the least worst thing here you know we've had a lot of success doing that so i don't see why that's not possible i agree you know but what's what's the story obviously you can't talk about as you said like some of the deals you're working on right now with semtrix, but like where do you see you guys in over the next five years oh
1: loaded statement um a loaded question so, uh, the next five years i mean i think we're going to continue to invest into you know ar vr of technology pretty heavily. And, you know, technologies that simply change the way we live, work, and play, whether it is software that eats hardware and IoT products, whether it's computer vision and, and cameras uh, that, that aid to that, um, and whether it's building you know, technology that aids with simulation, training, entertainment, um, you know, using AR and VR, I think, you know, and also digital ownership and, and, and you know, the value of that. So you know I think we're we're gonna continue to tinker of emerging technology that that's our goal here, and you know we the thesis of technology changes where we live, work and play, but you know i mean you know it's a it's a race we're gonna continue to continue to to try to carve our piece
0: What was that one vertical you talked about like right when you sat down today? I think it was like work for hire or something like that you, you know fuck, I forget what it was. But I, you were going off on something, and I didn't want to stop you, but I was curious because I wasn't entirely sure what you meant. But you were talking about, uh, I think it was like, I mean, this was two and a half hours ago, but I think it was like a specific space. I don't remember. Fuck, I'm sorry. No worries. I'll pull it up, and I'll ask you afterwards. And then, oh, yeah, you have a call coming up, right? Yeah, it's okay. right now. All right cool well, let's get you on <laughs> this was this was very very dense today too so this is this is a very good spot then we we covered a fuck ton of ground and we only talked for two and a half hours and i feel like we talked for four so uh, it was really it's good been fun listen lucky thank you for coming in man thanks for having great me. finally meeting you pleasure meeting. Glad, you to, as well. glad to put a name with the face and a voice behind it so <laughs> we'll do it again and Everyone, what's the ticker on Semtrex? CETX. All right. I'm, I'm going to have to check anybody that wants out.
1: to talk metaverse, uh, VR, IoT, they can get at me on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, what's your Twitter at? LL Okay. And
0: I'll put that in the description. So yeah. People or you have can it.
1: just simply email me, lucky at com. Probably the fastest,
0: best way to get rid of me. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, right. again, the man gave his email too. It means business. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind. it. I like talking to people. Thank, thank you, sir. We will do it again. Thanks for having me. You're great at this. All right, everyone else, you know what it is. Give it a thought. Get back. Peace.